This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, chilling. I've uh, just been um, around the house setting a bunch of, like, um, you know, audio and streaming and wireless shit up and trying to figure all this up. I, I bought myself an Elgato uh, game capture card, so I'm uh, going to be doing some streams and all that. And uh, I actually got an interview I'm doing uh, tomorrow. Um, you're, I'm work, recording this Monday night, but I will be live on the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast hosted by Conrad. And uh, he's going to be interviewing me like about some music stuff. And uh, we're going to be talking some wrestling, too. So it's going to be on 8 o'clock on YouTube. Uh, I'll send the link out if y'all want to you know, come check it out. And ask any questions while in the chat. I'm gonna be talking about a lot of the you know music stuff more um, than the wrestling, but there will be some of that in there too. Okay, that's what up. Um, so when did this come about? Why uh, you ain't te- why bo- you ain't, why you ain't tell your boy before now? Why am I finding this out? You know, <laughs> at the same time or a couple hours before the, the you know by the time I edit this shit and put it up before the uh, the the listeners. Yeah, uh, you don't it, it's you been booked no for like a week. No, you, you wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just forgot to mention, but um, yeah. So it's gonna be tomorrow. So, um, tune in. You know, I'm gonna try to be entertaining. All right then. Okay, so I'll check it out. Um, so got a lot to talk about yeah yeah we all you know because i was thinking to myself like there's not much to talk about like there's tag league for stardom we have the wednesday shows we normally do but that's really it and then this week um some things happen um let's i guess we want to start off with uh do you want to go with uh kenny and the observer hall of fame first or you want to go with zelina I thought we was going to talk about JT. Oh, God. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, we ain't got to talk God. about JT. I, I don't really. You got to keep my I haven't, like, I, how much City Girls have you listened to? I've heard a few uh, songs. That's that's where I kind of want to seen a couple at. of the videos. I've never even seen the videos. So I didn't even know you what might, they looked like. I only heard you, the songs. You might want to do that at, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, they have a song with Doja Cat. Can you check man. out with who? Uh, with, with Doja Cat. When was that released? 
believe it was over the summer. That was the uh, yeah. The, so this is after yeah, she was I'll, uh, I'll showing. Say, this is after I, she was caught showing uh, feet in uh, in Rachel chat rooms. Yes, I, I will. Sh- I will send you what you need to see. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> All right, so I'm so I'm glad you mentioned uh, that because I have I skipped over the the non wrestling related thing that we uh, that we had, you had mentioned. Um, versus, yeah, yeah what, much, what, much in a way that you know Fab, Fab and Jada was, was up in you know my my lane. You know, we've got the antithesis here coming the antithesis? up. If I figure the antithesis of Jada Kiss and Fabs would be like Sinead O'Connor or some you know white indie rock band, but okay, if you say so. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, uh, we are getting a trap Hall of Fame, another trap Hall of Fame um, versus between Young Jeezy and Gucci Mane. Um, I don't know how to feel about this because I feel. You know, if, if I had to choose between these two, um, I'm taking the first three Jeezy albums. No, no, not against Gucci because, like, I love uh, the State vs. Roger Davis album. But for me, um, I'm taking the first three Jeezy albums running away. And um, I, you know, just, I, I think it's a mismatch, but I think it's going to be a fun ass time. And. Um, given, you know, their beef over the, at this point, decades or, or decade, half decade and a half, um, I wonder how it's going to go because, um, you, you heard some of the, the talk from the TI interview with Jeezy from a few months ago. Like it's a, it's a real love, hate, hard feelings, things not being forgiven type of relationship between uh, those two. So I'm even surprised to even hear about this actually happening. Yeah. So in preparation for the potential Jeezy Sky battle, I've been studying the Young Jeezy catalog quite a bit and man, that guy like just had a lot of songs that just grab you by the throat. Just like Oh my god! Like like when you like when they play that new G's all the dope boys go crazy. Put <laughs> yeah. that on in your car. Yeah. My God! And, and and like you forget how dope the recession was. Yeah. Uh, then then stuff like Jeezy. Jeezy like to drink. Right. Jeezy like to smoke. It's like all the trap beats and everything you're hearing is they're literally just like the architect for all of them were Young Jeezy's first three albums. So and. and some of those beats were like even more advanced and like some of the stuff we we hear now that yeah. isn't as like you know the lo-fi like this bit. stuff actually yeah. was yeah this stuff was actually like um these shits were actually like um anthems like these things that were had so much energy uh into them like you play trap star and you compare that to whatever is the hot um you know quote unquote trap record going on right now and like it just feels different um mm-hmm. no disrespect i'm not even necessarily saying that one is better than the other i'm just saying like it just feels different like jeezy put together you know depending on how you feel about recession he put together i won't i won't even go to classic he put together three bangers absolute total undisputed bangers that you know we talk about classics and are they defined by them being something you just play and they transcend the era or are they just 
um, basically like the uh, the symbols, the 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 vanguard of the era in those Jeezy albums between uh, from 05 through 08. Absolutely. And the mix saves. I'm not even, I'm not, we don't even get into the mix. I'm not even getting to Trap or Die or The Streets is Watching or, you know, any of them other Gangsta Grill stuff. Can't ban a snowman. Because, you know, you could, shit, like, you could go play, uh, you dig off Can't Man a Snowman. That shit's rocking, right? Look, um, but. I say all that to say this. <laughs> I don't know what Gucci Man about to do, uh, when, <laughs> when, uh, you know, uh, I'm the realest nigga in it. You already know. When that comes on, what do you do? You just gotta take the L, don't you? You gotta remember, Jeezy, I'm sorry, uh, well, Gucci Man has the advantage of, He's been more relevant in the last decade than, uh, or like five years in particular, since, especially since he's gotten out with all the features from different yeah. people. So, like, he has a lot of the more, the receipt buys working in his favor. Um, so it's going to be closer than you would suspect. As a person that's been, that was aware from, from like, from so icy to now, as a person that was aware of all of that music. Yeah. It doesn't seem that close to me, even though I, you know, there is some Gucci stuff I, I absolutely love like you know um lemonade it's it, I just I I love some dumb Gucci so like go ahead's incredible um you know is you rolling bitch I might be like there he has stuff right he absolutely does spotlight um uh what's the song he had with Cameron that Banklet that um that Chandre did whatever it doesn't matter he um I'm not sure he has a you know cushions my cologne he has a bunch of stuff he is absolutely a whatever Southern Rap Hall of Famer first ballot guy. That's not a thing. That's not the problem. The problem is he's going up because a guy that just has his first three years was just some unrivaled or not close to unrivaled shit. Like aside from you know the 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 I'm Mount Olympus, uh, uh, right? Unless you unless we're talking about like the Mount Olympus of Southern rap music, nobody has three albums coming out the gate as hard as as Jeezy did. It's it's, it's what it is. Um, And he was so undeniable that like at the time when he first came out, I was like, I cannot get with this. This is some of the worst rap I had ever heard. I can't believe people listen to this. And the shit by the time, by the time we got to to Camp Band of Snowman, I was like, alright, I give up. He's beating me to death with bangers. I can't, I can't, I can't deny this. I can't deny this. I fundamentally was like, I cannot rock with somebody that was like that much of a nursery rhyme ass rapper. But then like, he also improved as a lyricist as time went by too. And is like, you saw how he put like, how he put subject matter with his hooks to make coherent songs. It was like, he has a structure. He's super charismatic. He has an incredible, one of the all-time greatest ears for beats ever. What? 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 Because I, I don't like him, how 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 dope of a lyricist he is. Because he because he's not fucking Nas. So it was you know, I had to let the shit go. Like I'm sorry. Like he, he does rap like Pusha T, a Joe Button. That's fine. You don't have to. He does all these other things better than these guys do. And yeah, make up for um, that shortcoming. For, for me, this this feels like this is gonna be like this is gonna be a, a whack a mole, beat him down. Like Gucci gonna try something, and Jesus is gonna have the answer every single time. I feel like I've never got into the Gucci main thing. It, it, it don't seem like it was aimed at me, um, <laughs> to put it nicely, you know. 
um, yeah, like like you are a feature rapper. Play your features and hope to survive. That is what he's gonna have to survive on. Um, because uh, really, I mean, he has two albums that um he could do. He could survive on. And then the features, but the problem is like, what happens when GC plays put on? Or like, what happens when GC plays? My president is black, that, and that's going to hit right now too. Right, right, right. Like it's it it means even more now than it did then. Like in in a way that's like you remember the video he had. I'm sorry, my phone's vibrating. I didn't uh, put it on vibrate, but like. In a way that, like, you don't even think about, like, oh yeah, we I forgot we had John. He had John Lewis in that music video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hard day. I don't know if they're gonna come out on some competition thing or if they can come out on some. You know, it's for the in, in uh, what Ti was working on the, the Trap of Fame uh, museum. Because if so, the, the, the I think we all the world from, shit. Yeah. I, I want the smoke. You know, I, I'm ready for him to play. Between me and you, I think the boy kind of slow. That's what I want to hear. But, you know, that 24 greater than 23, I'm trying to hear stay strapped. You oh know. Oh, my God. Your jewelry looked like it came from the middle of mall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an affiliate. You know, hit men. Oh run it God. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you play some Get Your Mind Right, like, yeah. man. He, he has so many. Yeah, like for this, he's well equipped for this. Like, I didn't think that he could stand at the TI, but he can absolutely stand at <laughs> But, like, I feel like the gap, he's closer, like, he's closer to, to, to grab, he's closer to, to get to catching and hawking down TI than, like, Ngucci is hawking down Jeezy in my opinion. So, uh, this, We'll see how this goes. Like, you know, obviously it comes down to, you know, selection and all that sorts of things, but. Right. You know, uh, if Jeezy just sticks to them for, to like that 2004 through 2000, uh, let's say nine era, it's gonna be a real rough day. Like, all them shit's gonna feel like gut punches. <laughs> all them shit's gonna feel all like gut punches. All them gonna be hard and it's all just gonna be. He's gonna be taking you somewhere else. Bro, like, like, what? Like, he, play, he, can, era. he can fuck around and play like. Like, uh, the fabulous shit, um, the, uh, do the damn thing, and that shit will still hurt, you know? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, um. Like, he can, like, he can mess around and play, like, you know. He can show versatility I, I, I and play. Seen it all. Like, if, if he want to do something, you know, he can play scene at all, like, with, with Jay on right. there. He can go, like, he can also, like, he can play Maybach music, uh, stuff. He could, uh, like, the one he was on, I think he was on Maybach music 3 with, uh, T.I. So, um, he, uh, like he can also go in other bands. He can play Dreaming. You know what I'm saying? He could play um, Soul Survivor. Like Gucci doesn't really have that kind of stuff. Like he can go into different pockets. Be like, all right, well that's cool. You just played your your 14 <laughs> your 14 right. Dope Dylan song. How about this? Right. So you know, he can play um, Geeked Up. You know, I'm hiding motherfucker right, right he now. Could play, he he could play but, yes, play that. Like well, I oh, represent the whole Atlanta. Like, like we out here, we got people on the track. I represent the whole Atlanta. I'm from South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> you, the whole Atlanta. That could hurt. That would hurt so much. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to hear from Alex because you know he's been uh, living there for uh, over a year now. So um, I'm interested to see what locals feel about it because you know, like 
Gucci's influenced the the culture more than um for the youth anyway uh with rappers that are on now than yeah. uh Jeezy has. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be, you know, there on the ground. It's going to be a lot closer um than I than even I'm anticipating even while accounting for that, but it's me should see. It's me should see. Um are What's you going to watch a lot of when, when Jeezy plays I got money, James. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just not fair. Like, yeah, like, what happens when he starts playing the tune BC has? Like, yes, I get, yes, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm with you. He does, I understand. Like, it, yes, like, I understand the, gi- the gigantic difference between a DJ tune track and a nitty beat. <laughs> I understand. I get it. I'm with you. I get it. But. Gucci better bring all his Zaytoven songs, but like, the, the beats that Zaytoven gave him, like, I feel like Zaytoven was like holding back. Like, <laughs> dude, do you know like, how blown I was when I found that man could play keys after hearing like what them songs were and just, like places he were landing on people? Yeah. Like, it's like, I can't believe that this dude. Like, we hear of rappers dumbing down their lyrics, but like, we talking about dumbing down your production. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, like, it's ridiculous. This man is, is unquestionably one of the most talented producers yeah. to ever enter the rap game. Any yeah. any kind of music or whatever. Yeah. And like, you start like seeing like the the actual stuff like they puts out. And it's like, oh, right. It's a mind fuck. You, you've got way more. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. It, it is a mind fuck. Um. You know, but. One other thing, music, uh, kind of off topic, but Russ, you talk about who Atlanta now. This man's in another level right now. He br- brought back um, Rap City, the basement. He basically did it as a music video with Big Tigger in it and uh, huh. Absol. Six minutes of bars. Him and Absol. EP drops tonight. Uh, looks like it's, it's called Chomp. Straight bars the whole time. He's got Benny Butcher on the album. He's got Buster Rhymes on there. He's got Black Thought on there. Absol. Uh, he's got a couple other people, if I'm not mistaken. But it looks incredible. So, like, the only per like, you think about, like, all right, who are the two, who are some of the people you go and grab uh, that are, like, Rap Hall of Famers uh, to go hop on a freestyle uh, project? And, like, the ones that come to mind will be Black Thought, Snoop, uh, Busta and probably Common. Those are probably the four. They'll be like some. Those be like the ones that immediately come to mind, right? And he has two of them, so it's like I, I, I'm sure it's a good album. Like I've never really checked any of Russ's stuff. I know you love him, but um, swear by him. Like, yeah, but um, I just I I, yeah, I just Night, never. Night Wonder beat as well as the Alchemist beat on there too, and I think he and a premiere beat and like his own. So, uh, but I would definitely check out that video that he dropped with Absol because it's like Big Tigger's Rhapsody in the Basement. They start and the music's playing out loud like it's the actual freestyle that they're about mm-hmm. to do. And Big Tigger's doing this freestyle, or whatever, and then he stops, and basically it cuts to the to the video uh, por- portion, and all the like HD cameras come in, like, and he starts like you know doing whatever. But yeah, that shit was like I've been listening to that shit since Thursday, pretty much nonstop. Okay, so that comes out tonight at midnight. I will be staying up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, I guess they're done for the uh, the uh, music portion of the show. And we move over to wrestling. Um, so do you want to get to the, um, Observer Hall of Fame, um, entry, entrance or the, or inductees or do you want to get to Zelina Vega first? 
Uh, let's do Zelina first because okay. I, I I need to I need to build up to this uh big victory lap we bought uh, <laughs> victory lap for somebody you know? in the Hall of Fame maybe a couple <laughs> years before they maybe should have even though we all know he was going in regardless okay sure um so <sighs> the gist of the story from what I can gather because I have not followed any um obs- any news from the Observer or the Torch or blah 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 from the work culture any news outlets but. Um, Selena Vega has been um, terminated from her contract with WWE. They wish her best in her future endeavors, and this seems to stem from um, you know the third party websites where people, uh, so basically like the Twitches of the world, OnlyFans of the world, that sort of thing, um, where WWE wants you to, if you're signed to WWE's talent, get rid of all of that sorts of stuff so that they can eventually have their own Twitch sort of thing and then put you under their banner and pay you. Um, uh, I believe that Zelina Vega was making more money off of that, those sorts of activities than she was from her actual WWE contract. And there lies the, the, the riff there. That's kind of, that's kind of similar to when it comes to like the superstar NBA players, like first team, like LeBron's, the Kyrie's, the Steph Curry's, of the world, Giannis's, Durant's, where it's like, I make more money per year off my shoe deal. Like, I, like anything happens, like I'm going to listen to Nike. I don't give a fuck what you think. Uh, I don't know who's the uh, Frank Vogel, Mike Boonehoser, <laughs> Steve Kerr. I'm sorry. Like, I make seventy million dollars for these people. I'm making forty million here. I'm sorry. I don't have. To, I only have this you this much. I can get you fired if I wanted to. But anyway, um, so she, you know. Sp- I believe wisely seeing that there's another competitor um, around and there are places where she could, well, she, she won't be out of a job for long. Um, she basically stood her ground, said, I'm not budging. I'm not coming off my number one <laughs> money making source. I, and she was let go. So, hey, uh, where do you, apparently the, the Zelina Vega only fans was going for $30 a month on the subscription. And <laughs> she was getting uh, that 30. About, Please believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she she was getting paid, y'all. Um, and oh, this makes you start thinking about um the contracts that uh in are in WWE, the wide disparity from top stars to lower card people to women, um, to contracts that were signed before AEW started, mm-hmm. contracts that were signed after AEW started. So there's a lot of tiers to think about. Now I want you guys to think about which tiers Zelina Vega might have been on. Right. And then thinking about um, no there's house no shows. house show. Yep. There's no like extra other ways to make money. So it's it comes down to WWE trying to control people again, which WWE feels they have the right to be like, hey, we've put you know uh, amount of mo- this m- amount of money and marketing behind this name, and you're using you know whatever, and they feel like they they should get a piece of that. Well, Zelina feels like they shouldn't. So, or or they trended that uh, her her real name feels like no, uh, you shouldn't. So, I can't really blame both sides on this one because WWE has established that they will, when given the opportunity to be fuck niggas, they will be fuck niggas. Um, <laughs> and Zelina, shockingly, unlike a page, unlike you know some other wrestlers. Or like, you know what? I'm good. I'll do this. Yeah, my profile might dip because I'm not in the WWE platform anymore. 
However, these followers, they just don't unfollow me. I just don't disappear. Like, so, <laughs> um, and she's I in a situation can't. where she's probably getting paid so little that it's like a, a move to a, a move somewhere else won't be much of a difference. Or hell, maybe she might make more for all we know. Who knows? Look, maybe she was like, I, fi- I found a way out. <laughs> that's that's the thing that's so crazy about it is like all it would have took would have been like five of the right people to be like, no, I want my shit, and they're and they'd be like, oh, well, okay. Cause they're not gonna let no AJ Styles go over this, right? And also think about the difference between an AJ Styles and a Zelina Vega, right? As far as like contract wise, and obviously there should be a difference. Like AJ was a top star for a long time, and Zelina's working a manager role primarily, but um, and she's great at it. it. She's been underutilized her whole time. Her and him, that whole entire act. Yeah. But it's not going to hurt AJ Styles to turn in his Twitch, yep, uh, <laughs> as much as it would her. Right. So, and he's in retirement right now, more or less. Yeah. So he's like, "Well, I, I just got to keep the bag coming in. That's all I got to do. Go in the Hall of Fame in a couple years, and then you know, lay it down. Yep. And I then need- I'll start this shit back up. Yeah. Stack. You stupid. So look, I gotta look. I gotta get enough money to stack up to get these kids to college. I got four of them. <laughs> that shit yep. gonna cost. And look, you see him tattered on me. So <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I so I don't I don't know where she'll where she'll land, but I, I feel like every company probably should like kick the tire on it just to see what's just, going on yeah just for uh, just for the talking ability ability alone like yeah. i ain't concerned about net about net making her into a wrestler even though um she had that match with oscar um just a couple months ago or like a month and a half ago whatever else that was better than i thought it was going to be but still like she ain't got to do that you can bring her in just as a manager alone and the checks would be worth it Come manage Pentagon Jr. Oh, good God. Can you? That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome if she came in and, and, and managed the Lucha Bros. Yeah, like, if, we'll, we'll get to uh, Dynamite later, but it's like, look, y'all go out there and have your beef. Like, the brothers are going to reconnect and, you know, we're going to do our thing. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I just, um, I think that's a I think that's a good place to uh viewpoint to look a perspective to look at it as like look WWE is trying to do this and that's been their thing. <clears throat> Sorry. And, and they're trying to start their own with stuff too. Right. That's that's what we all or at least we all think that's coming. I don't know if that's for sure coming. It's like come on now, what else are they going to do, right? Like they need to take they need to take Big E's cameo money away. He's banking off that shit. Mm-hmm. Um so and that's another thing I another side I didn't mention the cameos another one. Um I was about to, I was about to say tout, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I, it's understandable that like this is look, it's unfortunate that's how they're they're going about it, but that's how they're going going about it, and you know, um, it stinks. It makes me feel bad about like or even worse about <laughs> the future considerations for Andrade or Garza or Umberto, but um, what about Alistair? Because there's a report that he wanted to go back to NC, and they were like, "No." Yeah, so. I heard about that. Um, I mean, look what they got him doing. Like they, like they, they protected him without pushing him for like a year, and then like he came out, he got his fucking eyeball taken out. Um, and now now he's a heel. 
you know, last I, last I remember is he was doing something with Kevin Owens. I have yet to see them on pay per view, and that was months ago. That was like around <laughs> SummerSlam. I haven't seen them on pay per view at all. So I don't know. Like I don't know what he's doing, but he's another one. He seems like another person that was like you were pushed to the moon in NXT. You did great in NXT. Um, they brought him in with the Ricochet tag team. They broke that shit up for no fucking reason, and then they. You know, they immediately botched Ricochet, and then like they waited a year and just, and they decided just to go ahead and drop to drop the Alistair pack on you. So, um, yeah. I, I, really, I really hate when they do the NXT wrestlers. Like, um, but you know, our NXT call ups, um, the success rate is so unbelievably mind bogglingly low that it's like either a the person that is bringing these people in is you know, a moron or is past the peak and is washed or like they are they're idiots because they're doing developmental wrong because they're clearly not setting these people up for success and the numbers are so overwhelmingly staggering that a failure that like it can't be that like nobody is a nobody is a like this can't be the cess rate of the of the nba draft it can't be we're like (laughs) oh yeah like there are going to be like three guys that are going to be, ro- or sorry, like f- seven guys out of a class that can be rotation players in the NBA. Like that can't be the case. Oh, for funny all these people thing they keep getting fucked up. And it's impossible. Funny thing you mentioned that. People been wrestling everywhere. F- funny thing you mentioned that. A lot of those, like I, I pulled out um, WWE 2K18 over the weekend, right, and mm-hmm. popped it in, and. I was going through like some of the things, like wow, this person's not here anymore. This person's not here anymore, and it's like. Great NXT acts that got shunted in the tag teams. It seemed like it was almost like a waiting room for them to be fired. Essentially, like the the main roster, like tag team divisions, like um, Anderson Gallows aren't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, Victor and Connor from the Ascension. Yep. Um, there's a there's a bunch more. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Eric yeah, Young I mean, from Sanity. Uh, Doa. Uh, who? I mean AOP. I said DOA. AOP. AOP. Yes, they yeah, they were there. There. Um, there was a there was another team. Uh, it was Jordan and Gable, and it was like, well, Jordan, you know, got the injury, but you know what's happened with Gable since. So it's like, right. um, it was like it's this waiting room, the revival. Like they're gone. Like TM, <laughs> TM, yeah, TM sixty one. Yeah, like one of them's on, and one of them is Slapjack or whatever or T Bar, right. and the other one's back in New Japan. Um, yeah. So it's wild, bro. It's really tough wild. times. Tough yeah. times. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look, you like, all right. So McIntyre, Oscar, the Horsewomen, uh, Samoa Joe when he was healthy. That I don't know if I mentioned Kevin Owens or not. But like, look around. It's like. Is Bobby Russo with us? I believe he is, but he's just holding on. Yeah, like Nakamura, he's in a he's been a tag multiple time tag champ. He's won the U.S. but he's been there kind of a champion, but he's a lackey right now for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is after I don't I, you know how good Sami Zayn has to be for to be able to survive what he survived over these past uh, five years of of just inept booking and being fucked with. And also with uh, being sidelined with injury for him to like now be doing good stuff or at times now, um, I don't know if it's just because of stubbornness and like fine, fine. I'll, I know he's good, but I don't like him. But fine, I'll finally give him a shot. Um, it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's like 
all these people are clearly talented because you've seen them be talented on your own fucking network and then when it's you get it to this fucking guy who's pat who's washed and he just messes up everything yeah mr magoo shit like just make sure he stays out of like the kitchen before he fucks up the meal Incredible. Yeah, it was great how we turned this Lena Vega thing into like, oh yeah, everybody's just fucked up in it from NXT. Yeah, we, we, we've had this conversation <laughs> many times. Um, on, to, on to more positive things, I guess. Uh, the Observer Hall of Fame Class 2020 has um, been released, uh, what, last week, in, or last week, right? Yeah, uh, Friday yeah. it came out. Friday, okay. Um, people, uh, I know there's four people that made it, which, you know, um, but the only two that I know of are Kenny Omega, <clears throat> Kenny Omega and Junakiyama. Um, yeah. so who are the other two? Uh, Medico Asino of uh, Mexico and Karloff Lagarde. I, so I, I have never seen those guys. I, I think Medico uh, Asino was a star in uh, Mexico, uh, but he died in 1960 at the age of 39. Um, and he was a big star. Uh, just quickly scanning the the paragraphs, he worked for EMLL, which is CMLL now. Right, right. Um, and basically, that Mexico category got cleared out last year with uh, Ultimo Guerrero going in, Viano three, Doctor Wagner, uh, Los Misioneros, De La Muerte. They were in so what happened was new names were needed and what happened was a lot of people started diving into research and studying them and determined this guy was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, 60 years after his death, he became a rare first ballot hall of famer. So it was just a weird story on how a strong candidate got overlooked, uh, for years and years and years. Um, as far as, uh, Karloff Lagarde, I am not sure. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through it here. Uh, he was um, an NWA world champion more times than any wrestler in history and was one half of one of the most famous tag teams in Lucha Libre history, Los Rebeldes. So, um, but yeah. I, I didn't watch either any of those guys, obviously, but uh, I have watched the Junakiyama match a time or two, and mm-hmm. he was a great wrestler. He's a guy that's been around. They say he was literally great from his first match, but there was something that just kept him out for a long time um, for one reason uh, or another, and he finally, you know, got over the bar here. Well, I think it's because of you know the the people he was around, right? Like he was, you know, with with the four pillars. Then he was moved over to Noah, and then like. Kabashi, you're always comparing and contrasting with Kabashi, even though, like, Aki, anybody, everybody I've ever heard that, like, watched that era that I've talked to, they always mention Junior Akiyama in a level of, like, that dude is, and it makes me believe that, yes, that dude is a Hall of Famer. I've only seen him wrestle one time, but, like, I've seen, you know, I've seen enough All Japan match from the 90s and enough Kabashi to know that, like, yeah, if you were someone that was on that peer list, you're probably a fucking Observer Hall of Fame, <laughs> as far as like, as far as at least from the work perspective, right? Like, you know, he's from that era where like drawing, where drawing is such in in championships and accomplishments, uh, kayfabe accomplishments might mean so much in main events and that sort of thing. So like that, I'm sure that also got in the way for his, um, you know, for his, for what he's done. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah, man, like, we're going to, we're going to have to, um, adjust this as time goes by because otherwise nobody's getting in and that would be stupid. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Very, very little people get in and that would be stupid. Later, but um, the last uh, oh, if you guys want to check out a dope Junior Naki album match 2004, uh, him versus uh, Kenta Kobashi, uh, and that match is incredible. It's on YouTube, you can log in and watch it. Um, I watched it earlier this year and just I'm crazy. I'm assuming it's on that that long ass uh, <laughs> uh, playlist. Uh, I, be- I believe it is. Uh, if not, it may be available as a standalone too. So, um, and then the other Hall of Famer, it looks like he got tied for... So there was 64, 61, 61, one of the 61s, Kenny Omega uh, in uh, out of the Japan region. Uh, basically, him and Jun Akiyama were the only two. Uh, Kenny gets in, and I was very happy to see that. And it looked after um, he, I believe he went on the ballot in 2018, started with 49%, went up to 53 last year. And then got in with sixty one percent this year. Um, I, I I love it because it was a uh, this guy is a part of this this special era that I talked about um, right at the top. And Okada's going on the ballot next year, and I assume he's getting in. Tanahashi's already oh, in. Let's stop. Let's stop, um, right <laughs> let's stop right now. If Okada doesn't get in on the first ballot next year, they might as well fold the whole fucking thing up and throw it in the river like a murder weapon. Do you disagree yeah. with that? I mean, I would think he would be in, like, <laughs> because if he can't get on the first ballot, who the fuck can besides like The Rock? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, oh, oh, he's the only guy that's on pace to be the greatest wrestler ever. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll get in eventually. That guy, even though he already has like, you know, from two thousand what twelve or thirteen to now, he already has a resume as good as people that are already in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I look at this thing like, um, I know there's been a lot of, there's been a point of contention of like, and it's funny who they bring it out for, uh, and who they don't. Uh, you know, this person's still active, not wanting to vote for them, you know, while they're still going. It's intellectually. The, oh, people shouldn't go on when they're 35, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, man. Why? Like, what's a good reason? I, that's this is just the reason they'd be like there's like, so it, much more to go. I'm like, not really. Like, <laughs> like, okay, cause the thing is this, right? If you already have a Hall of Fame level career, we don't give a fuck what you do. You can fall off like bad dope. Yeah, like I figure if Kenny Omega dropped dead tomorrow, like he's going in the Hall of Fame. So what are we talking about here? Yeah. So and I mean, like if if you want to compare it to like a actual real live Hall of Fame, then I would suggest you get an actual fucking office space for it. But this is a newsletter, like, <laughs> like yeah. so I'm not I'm not going to be like. These, these hollowed halls when there ain't no fucking halls. So, yeah. for me, it's like, uh, yeah, Kenny Omega is one of, is one of the handful of best in-ring professional wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. He's been at a certain level, um, for what? From two, from the 2016 G1 until you could arguably say still now. Right? Yeah. So, what do we, what is there to discuss here? Like, if it, like, and, if, and if, if got, standard you, you want to add stuff in, like his, his business with DDT, uh, selling out Budokan Hall multiple times. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about basically having the same drawing record as the beloved Tetsuya Naito, who did not get in, uh, as always, you know, Naito a little bit behind Kenny, but that's okay. What is um, <laughs> 
What's up? What was his percentage? Uh, Night Sales percentage was... Let me go down here and find it. You asshole. You, didn't have to, you know you didn't have to say that. You know you didn't have 30, to say that. 38% of, so, <laughs> and Yo. up 2% from last year's 36. So it seems like this Tokyo Dome didn't really help him too much. And this horrible year did not help him no. uh, really no. too much. He needs to reverse the clock to 2017 in this bitch. <laughs> like, you need some more 2017s to... to um, to I want I want to get into some of those things later, but uh, like back to Kenny, like he's got the drawing, he's got business in Japan, he's got business in the United States, holding building records uh, in New York uh, with in uh, I believe it's Schneckety, that's a famous WWE building where he wrestled Ray Phoenix. Uh, two do, big do sellout matches. What up? Do you mean Schenectady? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know those some of those like Poughkeepsie, like some of those up up to, uh, state New York uh towns are just like weird to pronounce and right. Yeah, it's like, you know, some of those Massachusetts uh names like 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 uh was it Worcester? When it's spelled like Worcester? Like it's it's like Worcester. Yeah, it, that's what it is. Actually Worcester. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. Good luck. So good luck. Famous WWF building they've been running since the Hogan era. Kenny and Ray Phoenix like shattered the fucking record. Um, Cow Palace holds a building record there. Mm-hmm. Uh, match with Cody and that was a rematch uh, from what they did in New Orleans. Um, you're talking about several pay per views main evented with a hundred thousand uh, in AEW now. You can talk uh, about you the SG this- show that the the the, um, the G1 Supercard, even though like that that sold all the strength of the elite being there. Things right. didn't show up. Right. People got their tickets and, early, and then when you talk about great matches, like as James said, from 2016 forward, that is he's on all time pace, and like I don't understand like the the cut down of this guy that's been going on for years and years and years. He just bothers people like no one um, before him and maybe after. Um. <laughs> like serious, serious question, right? From these last five years, so from 2016 to now. Aside from Ishii and Okada, does anybody even have a case for having more great matches than him? Um, maybe you want to throw in Kota Ibushi, but I know Ibushi I had a had a year where his where I believe he was injured, so I don't know in, in that time period mm-hmm. how well he stacks up. However, when they were together, I mean, Kenny was signed to New Japan and Ibushi wasn't. Kenny was a bigger guy, right. so I I don't know, like. Um, and, and it's played out in this voting, like with the with the four amongst them, it was Ishii, Ibushi, Naito, and Kenny. And it's strange mm-hmm. uh, from you know everything you always hear, like uh, you know Ibushi needed to get away, like you know for, from Kenny. This was holding him back. Ibushi got less of the vote this year than he did last year, which was well, strange. Th- well, that's also because uh, of Gato's shitty booking this year. Yeah, or not shitty booking, but preposterous booking this year, where he's like. Who who is he getting over besides people that will never get over? <laughs> I, I I saw a, 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 a tweet uh, that was trying to cut Kenny's down with um you know in comparison to Tetsuya Naito, and it was you know saying they were both Hall of Famers, but then you know some the dome drawing what was brought up versus Okada, um, and it was like well Kenny did this number and then. Naito did this number, but it seemed like they didn't take into account that New Japan had been growing steadily um, right. from Rose Kingdom 11 to 12 to 13. Um, right. that, that's another thing for me when it comes to New Japan when it talks to, when they're talking about like Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, Omega, 
Ibushi, um, AJ, if you want to throw him in there too, or Nakamura as well, is like Shibata. You talk about that whole, this, this run that we've had, and talk about like, this person drew this, this, and this, it's like, nah, like, yes, Naito has sold more merch, but like, you could put any of these people I just named together and throw them out if it's a relatively fresh matchup in the dome for the main event for the belt, like, it's going to do well each year over each year successfully. Like, right. if you and there's the not some huge right. drop. There's not some huge drop off anywhere you right. look. Like, it's not. It's not um, like it's not. There is no John. There is no John scene to where like you know if he don't show up like the like the house drops by a gigantic percentage. I don't. At least I don't believe that to be the case. Seeing like what they did with Tanahashi and Omega just two years ago. And they basically ended up saying, like, you know, Kenny going in and not any of these people is quite white, you know, the problem or <laughs> I mean, whatever. I mean, there's I'm, I'm obvious, like, well, okay, I'm like, okay, if there's that involved. advantage, if there's that advantage, right, then what Then what do we say about the Tokyo sports MVP that, that he didn't get in 2018? No, 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 what, I'm what, talking – oh, so as far as that, like, it's like, like that, those that, are political – The same advantage, like, those are so I'm like, awards. you're going to benefit from an advantage somewhere – and yeah, then there is gonna it's gonna shake out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, I'm 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 with you on that. But uh, I I guess what also the thing when it comes to the Tokyo Sports MVP is also it's like it's a political thing. Like if you were the champion or the top star or maybe into the dome, like there's some there's a gigantic correlation with whoever wins that shit. Like like Kenta Miyahara's never winning that fucking thing. It's never happening. <laughs> It's just not like now that now where stardom is right now, like Mayu's going to win it this year too. But like the the women's award, like I don't, I think I think stardom's won it like something like seven times this decade. Mm-hmm. And one year, two thousand fourteen, even have that award for the women. They just they skipped that year. The thing was two thousand fourteen, they skipped a year. Like Io won it three years in a row. Then I won in two thousand ten. Uh, Kyrie won it. I think Mako won it um, the year that she was a stardom champion. Like that's that's kind of just what it is. Um, but anyway, and, and it's amazing for for all the talk of you know Kenny Omega ruining his career by coming into America to AEW. Well, well, how about it? Um, he he only goes into the Observer Hall of Fame after one full year in America, and people you know seem to just dismiss this. Meanwhile, <laughs> let's take a look. And like, if he stayed in Japan, of still the kind of level of. Wrestle did the sole level of wrestling he was doing there. Like he doesn't get that uh, that kind of jump. Like this is just because he is the best bout machine in AEW right now. That's what and this then, is too. Like because by the time this one came out, he wasn't even like coming to. He wasn't even like displaying the promo skills that he has in recent, um, let's say month or two. So it's like yeah, like. Before, like when I was like, "What the fuck is he doing? Why is he not being the starter he is?" This is what I meant. Is like he's showing it now, but like he, I always knew it was in him. I was like, I was wondering, like, why are you not? Because he's like, well, because I'm side questing to get this other fucking guy over. And I was like, "Hey, man, you need to be more fucking selfish. Put up more shots." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, so, yeah, the, I think it's it's amazing looking at Tomohiro Ishii. Thirty nine percent has more than Ibushi and Naito strictly off his match quality. Shots out to Tomohiro G- Ishii. G- when, when you work hard, you get rewarded. A fifteen percent jump this year. G one season, bro. It like G one season. 
it's Ishii time. Like the last three years, he's he he is always MVP level. He's always in the discussion. He may not win it, but he's always going. He, he's like LeBron. That says like if he's healthy, he's somewhere going to finish somewhere in the top three in this bitch. Like for for the voting, uh, for for MVP. Um, so yep. yeah, um, you know, okay. all these guys are going to get in eventually. Like that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like I think Naito, they're all going Naito's in. Getting in. Ishii Ishi Night or Ibushi's getting in. I don't look. They're all getting in. I don't know how long it's gonna take. They're all gonna get in because look at the era. So um, it's just a matter of time. Like, do I think it was too soon for Kenny? Maybe. Ultimately, I don't care because like he's a guy that ultimately was gonna get in anyway. I don't know. I'm like that with all Hall of Fame things. Like, I'm not with the like. I feel like we should all chase down like the motherfuckers that the four motherfuckers that didn't vote King Griffey Jr. Uh, uh, <laughs> in like. You know he's a Hall of Famer. Stop fucking playing. Like stop, stop being goofy. Yeah, yeah. Um, goofy thing. Speaking of goofy, um, <laughs> Trish Stratus uh, more uh, votes than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns what? falls off the ballot. Yes, Roman Reigns falls off the ballot in his first year of eligibility. How, how far do you have to go? And how far? How far low does your finish have to be to fall off the ballot? I don't know. Less than ten percent. So he got less than ten percent of all votes. Trish got t- that ten percent. Um, along with like people like Kamala who got the death bump, Stephanie so, McMahon eleven percent. So can he never um, get back on ever again? No, you you can go back on upon review if someone requests you uh, to go back on. He'll go back them? on. What's up? Who has to request you though? Um, Dave will randomly put you back on. They'll probably try again in a couple okay. years with him. Well, he, but okay. Roman Reigns for yeah. all for everything he's done less than ten percent. That's because of he's all booked. votes. That's because he's been booked so poorly in this, and he is the, the stand or the the um the symbol this of is all a the travesty. Right, right, right. Like if you want to say, I believe that they pushed him a year before he was ready. I believe that he wasn't a good on the mic until 2017. That being said. His 2016 through 17 pay-per-view work was about as good as you can ask for any main event top star guy in WWE history. Just about like he was like he was a top. He was. I mean, uh, well, let me phrase that. Aside from fucking Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, I don't want to even jump. I mean, I'm talking about like the guys that are Vince's favorites, the muscle muscle bound over 260 pound motherfuckers, heavyweights, right? Super heavyweight types. Like he is amongst, he is like about as good of a, of a he has about as good of a match run in now those two years that you can ask for. Problem is, he's booked poorly. He's booked like shit. They screwed him up. They never admitted they screwed him up and changed him. They're just now getting to it. And he's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. um, they're going to revisit this. A lot this. of this, a lot of this is self inflicted from WWE from the terrible booker that this man has been over the last uh few years, whatever else. So. I, you know, I believe that if they re-put him back up there in the next few years and this is still the trajectory that he's on, the path he's on, things are going to change. He's not going to be dropped off the fucking ballot after, uh, after a year like this. Incredible. Going for a couple more years. He's just not. So I don't know if everyone knows how like the Observer Hall of Fame works, but we've got wrestlers uh, that are active. We've got retired wrestlers. We've got historians and we've got reporters. So this isn't like Dave. <laughs> I'm sure he has a vote, a ballot. Well, well, but, he gets a he because it's his newsletter. Yeah, so like, like, like you think about all those people. I, I name all those different like classes, and then like they drop him under ten percent right. as compared to like uh, just, it, just any fucking body. And the thing, that, like, the thing, and the thing that always gets me is right. 
the thing that I really that always like, puts a smile on my face. Like y'all don't, y'all just don't get it. When WWE fans get super defensive about people shitting on their product, saying that like, oh, these are all just New Japan <laughs> hardcore wrestling marks or whatever else, is like go through like his monthly pay per view uh, rev- fan voting where you get you know thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, and you see like. Nah, bro. Like, there was a certain time where, like, let's say, let's say we get to 2017 before the gender stuff, where, like, WWE main roster reviews, excluding the NXT stuff, was, you know, two to three, like, 60% to 70% light, like, mm-hmm. in that era. And then as the booking got worse, it went down because the booking got worse. Like, that is a, that was a correlation. Like, the shows got worse, so therefore they got lesser grades. Now we're at a point where you think everybody hates shit. It's like, well, because the shit's really bad now. It's not like it's yep. been as consistent as it was four years ago. And people don't so, seem to not to pretend it like, nah, it's just as good as it was like in It's like they missed it in real time. Like. Right. Right. <laughs> like, they, like, like, the gender shit never happened. Right? Never yeah. happened. Yeah. Um so uh, other things that were on here CM Punk backslid to 15% on the ballot. He's been just going down year after year and you think about CM Punk, he's so mishandled his cards. I'm going to come back on the fucking Fox News uh Sports 1 and just like do this fake rebel um <laughs> character or whatever like to to really tell it like it is but you know, like how WWE really Look, he get a check, he don't care, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't think he cares about these Hall of Fame. Um, what was his high? Do you know what his peak was? His I don't know level? what his peak was, but last year he was at twenty percent, and now he's at fifteen. So he's he's a threat to end up falling off the ballot pretty soon. Yeah. Um, Edge uh, is at forty four percent. He's been a slow climber. He's been on the ballot for years. Um, he only gained two percent uh, with the comeback this year. So um, you mentioned you mentioned Edge, and you know uh, Meltzer's been camp sort of campaigning oh, low key. So I'm the getting, next person I'm getting to, where where is Randy Orton on this? So, so Randy Orton has 34. percent He went up from 27. percent So that's a pretty big jump um, percentage wise because he decided to try this year. Because <laughs> <laughs> he decided he, to he, try this. He year. jumped the same amount that Kenny did. It looks like it, but Kenny went from 53 to 61. Actually, no, Kenny went 8. percent He went 7. percent Okay. Um, after that, you got like Akira Tawe, who is you know a uh, part of the four pillars. So maybe this is like a, a look into like a Naito years down the line, or you know someone's just kind of struggling to get there but i think he'll get there a little faster than Tawe did um I, goldberg know, one thing i will six percent jump okay well one thing i will say is as far as the four pillars of god i do believe that um i do believe that he'll make it in because he's the only one's not in mm-hmm. so um i do think that like that whole thing will get them in um What's the highest rated? Who's the highest rated woman on there? Highest rated woman is Mako Satamora. What's the number? She she jumped from fourteen percent last year to thirty three percent this wow. year. So I don't know when she first went on the ballot. I don't know if it's relatively soon, but like, well, what if it, she what does start- it take to get in? Was it first? Is it first ten years in the business or thirty five? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, so that means she probably made it in, that means she would have been eligible in like 2000, let's say but I, seven I'm guessing or something she, like that. I'm guessing she fell off the ballot and then got requested to get put back on by people. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was having a conversation with Josh, like after watching some of her 2001 stuff in Gaia, like, I was like, who are the best wrestlers from that era? I was like, you know, Eddie, Angle, um, Triple H, and I forgot who he said from Mexico, but it's like, you you look at those fucking matches she was having with like um whether it was Aja Kong or it was um oh my god Akira Hokuto and you're like yeah she may have been the best wrestler in the world in 2001 like she may have been and Guy was still drawing big ass houses at the time it was before you know before it turned into real indies like they were doing Budokan halls and Tuma halls and shit so like you know, and she's been incredible for that long. Like, as a worker, she absolutely is an Observer Hall of Fame, but, like, we haven't had a woman get into the Observer Hall of Fame, and I, and it's been a long-ass time. I, think, I can't remember the last one. I think, I think the last people were, like, all Japan women. All Japan yeah, women. Uh, I would probably uh, say, like, Aja Kong's in. I have to check on that. But. Yeah, Aja, Aja Kong's in. I, I don't even think maybe Akira Hokuto's in. And then you have, like, you know, people like Beauty Pierre and Crush Gals and, um... Uh, I'm blanking. Um, maybe Hokuto's in, but like, I I don't think I don't even think like LCO's in, and like LCO's like one of the greatest tag teams ever. One uh, person I've taken, I'm taking kind of an exception with uh, as far as what has happened to them in the voting. Well, quick question, the Junkyard. Yeah. Well, the reason why I brought it up is because like, as this stuff changes with the new voters, or whatever else, like we start, we should probably start seeing like stardom wrestlers and I don't think they have a chance I don't think they have a chance either I'm saying just has a century chance I mean because obviously like, well the real thing is really like Mayu if she decides to stay around for another decade but you know she could retire fucking tomorrow for all we know but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even going to say uh, but anyway just saying because of her age the profile of the company is probably the fastest growing promotion in the world right now or this year from the end of 19 to right now like she has a shot outside shot um it should not die also uh but that then also like also along with stardom because of the influence stardom also the horsewoman because if one as the draw stuff goes down you're gonna start looking around and be like all right if we're ever gonna put wwe wrestlers in i think they're how, gonna how have a better shot you go before you get to sasha banks or becky lynch or charlotte flair or bailey like it ain't, gonna be too, it ain't gonna be too long before you start getting to that. So we'll see as I, I think they're gonna possibly have better cases than a Randy Orton or an, an Edge. Um, the only thing I would watch out for them with is the inability to quantify their impact yeah. on on any type of the business or whatever. But, yeah. But um, and also, you know, one, who knows how much longer? You know, we also just take for we also just figure like you know. Um, the we just assume like some somebody was going to give up their career faster, and we assume it's going to be women uh, before men, and that's unfair. But you look at the how it tracks between career women in WWE and career women or career men in WWE, and it seems like women's short life is or self life is shorter. Um, so you know, um, there's also that to account for as far as like, you know, our, you know, after Becky, after Becky has his child, if she ever comes back, 
like if she don't come back, she's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, Junkyard Dog last year got 45% and then dropped to 29% this year. Why do you think I think, last year? Uh, I have no idea why it dropped like this. Why do I don't you think know it was why so it was high last year. I, I, I don't know why it was so high last year, but I would, if I had an Observer Hall of Fame ballot, I would 100% vote for the Junkyard Dog. Um, if you have not read the King of New Orleans book, and you have an interest in Southern wrestling and Mid-South wrestling. It's mm-hmm. like a cheat code and guide for the era. This man was literally Hulk Hogan, John Cena of that time. Yeah. A black hero, superhero, like for four or five years. And I think what gets held against him is that it quote unquote wasn't long enough and he wasn't or whatever. And he wasn't a good worker, but like, Junkyard in his prime was a good worker, I would say. Like from from what he was asked to do and the angles that they that they put together and mm-hmm. drew with around him, like it is legendary. Like I don't I, do you- I and, and I know what happened with Dog. He 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 basically eventually he went national and it didn't play as that's well gonna, on that big stage. That's gonna ask you. Do you yeah. think his dub do you think his WWE run or WWF run ultimately hurt him as opposed to if he had just left it alone and never went anywhere after that. I think the WWE hurt him. WCW crippled him. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. When he was uh, very older and it, you know, I believe he had some substance abuse issues and they had him out there with Flair in like 89 or 90 and it was not good. Um, but for that time period you start talking about all the people that were orbiting around him. The natural Butch Reed Hacksaw Jim Dugan, as they would say. <laughs> um, was DiBiase there? Yes, that was the next guy I was going to okay. name. Ted DiBiase, okay. all, all these guys that he refuted with. Pop huge houses. Jake was there. Pop huge houses. Uh, bringing in Dusty Rose, bringing in Andre the Giant, uh, Michael Hayes and the Freebirds. Like Didn't they bring in um, rock and roll, or am I mistaken in that? I think they. I, I I believe they did stop through. I don't know if they were linked with Dog though, okay. but okay. I don't. Junkyard Dog's a Hall of Famer. I don't care what these what they're talking about. But well, you know, um, you know, for me, like you know, I think of it more. I think of it more along terms of football Hall of Fame, where it's like, if you were, like, I don't care necessarily about how great your career is. If you were. If you were, you know, just on fire in in a certain aspect for like half a decade, that's good enough for me because that's good enough for the that's good enough for the NFL Hall of Fame. So like that's kind of where I am on it. So um, he did that. I just think that a lot, I think a lot of people, you know, what happened was once he gets to, gets get to a bigger pond, and then you know you go from there, and it's like, well, he's also he's also like you're not accounting for. You're not adding on the calculus that, that me and Rich are when it comes to like trying to draw nationally with this black man in the eighties. It's like, nah, you got you. There, there is a there, you need to add something to the algorithm to account for for white people's racism. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like you gotta you know you gotta Rocky grade Johnson. down a bit of a curve, if you will. Rocky Johnson got a five percent death bump. It looks like uh, he's up to twenty eight percent. I don't think he's ever gonna gonna go. I was surprised he but, was that high. Yeah, I know um, he could work or whatever, but like, 
He didn't last long anywhere, really, did he? No, he Except was for like territory Vince. to territory. Yeah, yeah. Plays to plays. Um, well, yeah, and Shima Dragon Gate twenty seven percent. So uh, I think eventually Shima is people get more into Dragon Gate. Where's Shingo on there? Shingo has not gone on the ballot, I believe yet. Um, that's okay. so. Let, let next this, year, let this keep up for another couple of years. Like maybe he, I don't think whoever, I don't think you know, given you know how much of his career was in Dragon Gate, but he keeps this up for another uh, few years. Like he'll he'll he should deserve really be you know mentioned for you know have whatever city gets. But yeah. So, so added to next year's ballot, this is why I'm kind of glad Kenny got in because then like you start splitting more votes. Oh, but eh, he was in the Japan region, might have might not have affected him that much. But um, next year's ballot, Nikki Bella goes on the ballot. Um, Darrell <laughs> Dixon, whoever that is, uh, I don't know who that is superstar Bill Dundee, Seth Rollins, Kazushka Okada, John Moxley, so- the Hollywood. Bl- Blondes, Buddy Robert and Jerry Brown, Octagon, the AAA Laparka, and Psycho Clown goes on. So, how did Seth and Dean get get passed for a year when Roman got on this year? They all debuted the same um, fucking night. Roman's thirty five. There, ah, uh, that's right. Yep, that's right. I, for some so, reason, I thought he was. I thought Dean was maybe older than him, but all right, okay, all right. Uh, I think Moxley has a much better chance than Rollins of going in. I think Rollins oh. is going to get like 5% of the vote and fall off immediately. I'm going to book John Moxley for like 30%. That high? At the most, I would probably say. I think Okada goes in with like 85%, if not 90 I don't... I... I, I I'm not as familiar with the uh, the the voter um, demographics as you are, so mm-hmm. um, what I will say is that um, it's crazy that like Moxley, Moxley, he's going to end up with a higher like yeah he, he is going to end up with a higher percentage than Roman or, or Seth, and it's like that wouldn't have been the case if he never left. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even get, he doesn't even get his ass mentioned uh, next year if not if he doesn't leave. That's crazy. No, he, he goes on and he falls right the fuck off, <laughs> like they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I was talking, Nick- I, we didn't talk about this on air, but I think was it last week or was it two? Weeks? It was actually it was after um, the pay per view. It was like, yeah, man. Like from a creative standpoint. As individual wrestlers, like this is the 2020 has been the best creative year for all three members of the Shield, all collectively. Um, as far as programs, matches, promos, as single acts all together, they this is the best collection of work those three have done as individuals since you know uh, Seth put the back the, the uh, chair across Roman's back, and it took one of them having to leave the company and also like. One of them had to leave in the middle of a fucking pandemic to come back to be something that Vince never wanted him to be to get this done. Like, this is like, I'm happy for them, but it's bittersweet as hell because that was supposed to be the future. And no, through no fault of those threes in the actual future, talent, ever they all got fucked up. They did, all got the, fucked up. Did the future ever come or did it just like float by? 
<laughs> it came. They all got. They all got. Um, water thrown on them at different points, especially Seth's. But you know, like after that gauntlet match, you should have. They they waited too long. Um, <laughs> the uh, you look at Roman. They went too early. With, with with Dean, they never even fucking tried, no matter how a lot of crowd cheered for him, no matter how much they realized that like, we gotta put Roman next to Dean to get him cheered. They realized they need to do that to get the other guy they wanted to push cheered, but not push the fucking guy that was getting cheered to begin with. It's, it's like, right. what are y'all doing? Like, just turn Roman Hill on Dean right now, have a feud, and then come back to come back to it in 18 months. You think. <laughs> um... Nikki Bella, will Nikki Bella uh, get more than 10%? Will she get more than 5%? She has an outside shot. If you get enough rogue voters that that start trying to quantify whatever the hell total Bella's meant or total Divas meant, um, if you try to extrapolate her with evolution, I just think there's so much bad stuff that goes against her as far as like never main eventing anything aside from the one show like she made it into one pay-per-view ever yeah no not against one her pay-per-view because, ever no not against her but that she's made it into one pay-per-view ever um as far as a draw the only thing to point to as far as a draw can coincide with with her wrestling adjacent stuff not her actual wrestling yeah um like her draw is that like the reality show, the people that she brought to the to the strip club, in the words of Joe Budden, for off the strength of what she was doing there, like it wasn't actually what her television and creative and pro- TV programs were doing. Like, I mean, you can quite honestly, you can you could easily say that like aside from um the stuff with her and her sister at SummerSlam 2014 and her feud with. Um, Charlotte, n- no Natalia in 2017, oh, okay. and I guess you can even. I was also throwing the Ronda stuff, even though I think the stuff Ronda said was was fucking bogus. Um, those only three like good television or good programs she ever had. Um, and, and that's no not because also the era like she you know she was brought in not to not to wrestle a certain way, and then other women came in wrestling a certain way, and then she had to adjust on the fly, and she did a animal animal job. I thought she the was fly. all right. I was always right. a I was always a supporter of Nikki Bella. Right. I had Nikki Bella come on five years later, she probably shows up to Performance Center, works really hard, gets to practice her matches, right. um, and right. probably ends up a little bit better in the ring. Right, and she won like she was awful in the ring, and when she came back, um, it was 2014. Is that 2013 yeah. or 14 when they came back? Both they those. came back in 14. Yeah, I like believe. they, like they absolutely improved from the time when they were first around to when they came back. So it ain't like she wasn't trying her; she was out there trying her all the time. It's just she was from a certain, like she was in one of those time machine situations where like. She was too early for her time. If she had came around later, she would have been a better worker. But maybe she's not. She doesn't get her. You know, the the outside of stuff wrestling. So it's a trade off. So right. Uh, I, I don't take her as a serious candidate. I would be more. I don't uh, either. Interested on seeing where her percentages land. So right. Um, and ultimately, um, like 
She don't give a fuck about the WWE, about the wrestling. <laughs> Correct, right? Like this she's going to go. We were here. Like she's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Her and her sister, and that's going to be the Hall of Fame they care about. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Like they did what they did what they were asked to do, and they did it very well for um, for what they were at for what was asked of them. I don't need like I'm not holding it against the Bella Twins that they didn't work like fucking Thunder Rock. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say you need to wrestle like Konami and fucking um, Jungle Kiona. No, sorry, it's just that's not what was asked of them. Yeah. So uh, if you enjoyed our Hall of Fame stuff, check out the Observer on uh, you know voting somewhere. I'm sure it's up somewhere. Uh, you guys will be able to look at it yeah. and all that. So, but um, on to the Wednesday shows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, after full gear, uh, this is the show, uh, the, the follow up on the fallout. I gotta say, very enjoyable show. Um, it was, we got some returns, we got some stuff set up, a couple good matches. We got the bunkhouse match. My man QT triumphed <laughs> out here. Um, so let me just get my, um, report here I thought that um, on a comeback show given um, that we got three quality matches uh, and also with the return of Pac with um, I guess a final blow off of (laughs) or not a final blow off but um, you know seeing where we're headed with this MJF thing with uh with him and MJ, him in the inner circle, like I thought it was a good show. Um, yeah. I don't like the bunkhouse matches, most people, but we'll get to it. Yeah, so um, we started. Uh, it looks like um, with uh, they had a promo ahead of the show. Uh, Taz was out cutting a promo yes. ahead of the match. Um, I can't get it out. Uh, Darby Allen sitting up top like Sting, and. <laughs> And Taz told uh, Allen not to interfere in the match. Tell Cody the same thing. Taz put over Sidell and said uh, that Sidell has a win over Jericho back in the day. Um, so we got Brian Cage versus Matt Sidell, a rematch from Slammiversary 2018. Quietly one of the great shows ever. Um, <laughs> I forgot that was on that card. Yo, that Matt, I mean, I was thinking about it when I was watching the Pentagon match when they started uh, Remy Jones' mask. It was like, Remember when they were? Remember when him and like uh, your boy was using the railroad spikes on each other's foreheads in that match? Pitt yeah. Pitt has been raw for a long time. <laughs> yeah, a long, long time. Um, so this uh, this was pretty awesome here for a TV match. match. Uh, Sidell, um, I'm hearing um, some f- from sources that he is indeed signed AEW now. So. Um, He's around. He's going to be able to wrestle guys like Cage and then have matches with guys like Lee Johnson on Dark and just be a great kind of guy that's there. Obviously, Matt Seidel should be somewhere in one of the big three. So, um, yeah. Cage, uh, the finish to this was awesome. Yes, it was. Uh, it was like Seidel jumped and got caught in a suplex position into the drill claw, and it was just like. This is why Brian Cage is, is around. This is why yeah. I, I. This is exactly it. Yeah. Uh, um. They also had Taz on commentary walking over um, right before the match started, and there was a point early in the match where 
Seidel tried something that involved strength and Cage quickly thwarted it and you know I love how my, <laughs> for some reason like it pops me every time Taz says the word machine and he's like you can't outpower the machine <laughs> so anyway um, I love the story of the match it was like Cage is trying to showcase some of this agility stuff but he's not more agile and skilled with finesse than Seidel, Seidel's eating him up and th- until Seidel goes for that move and he's like, fuck this, power drop him on his head I'm, I win, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a nice neat, sto- I thought it was a nice clean story there was a lot of a lot of um, cool stuff and a lot of uh, good strikes yeah, like the match, a lot yeah, um, Ricky Starr's didn't cut a promo, uh, talking about how him and K's are now in the top five uh, just dripping in, in all the swag, the real star uh, of this thing <laughs> Um, <laughs> he said the revolution will be televised. Then, uh, Cody came out and made his full entrance and congratulated Darby on his victory. Cody said he's not going to be seeking a rematch, um, at this time, at this time. Uh, and instead he wants a match with MJF. And then after that, Jade Cargill enters the ring. James, I yes. I uh, made you aware of Jay Cargill. No, I don't know how Jay, long no, ago. No, 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 Jay Cargill. Um, just by standing over on the babyface side of uh the barricade, made me aware yeah. of her. I was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> and, and then I asked you, "Who was that?" And then you told me who that was, and I was like, "Immediate follow." Um, but what I will say all, is all time great IG. Um, uh, I don't. I'm not gonna talk about IG. Let's talk about the show. <laughs> let's, talk, let's, <laughs> let's talk about what happened on the show. So, uh, she comes in the ring. Uh, very tall, uh, very uh, muscular, put together, incredible. And she took the mic and accused Cody of lying. Why are you capping out here, sir? <laughs> Uh, she said, uh, I wish she would have said cap. Um, so she introduced herself as Jay Cargill. Uh, formerly she had a WWE tryout. Somehow they didn't sign her. I don't know what happened there, but maybe they felt like they already had Bianca Belair. That's, you know, looking at that line of thinking, that's often happens in that company. Maybe, um, she calls herself the total package. Jay Cargill is a, I did a little bit of research. She is a former college basketball player in a, I believe she went to Jacksonville state, if I'm not mistaken. And she led either her team or a conference in rebounds and steals or something like that. So, um, so Cody, uh, Jade said that Cody wants to topple giants, but there's nothing giant about Cody and then looking him up and down. Essentially saying that man's meat is small. Stop playing. Oh um, God. You're, you're, so Cargill basically told Cody to keep thoughts to himself and to watch his back. And then she sarcastically kind of congratulated him on getting his name back. And then said Cody was too scared to go by just one name and said that, you know, said you want to call yourself a giant killer, but you know, there is a real giant and he's a real star. And he goes by one name. And she says, Shaq. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Why? Exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, I was like, I don't want to see no Shaq match. I was at first I was like, who is who is she representing? And then it was like, then she said Shaq. I was like, 
keep in mind, I just watched this today. Um, t- we're recording this on Monday, so I I has managed to avoid a lot of these uh, AEW and NXT spoilers. Uh, and when she said Shaq, I was like, <laughs> like the Kobe gif. What? <laughs> okay, whatever. Like I just I. I I I don't know what this is. I don't I don't know. It's obviously a synergy for TNT with TNT on on um I'm sorry NBA on TNT uh or whatever else or inside the NBA. But um I I don't know what this is supposed to be. Um, I think this is more that stuff they were talking about. We're gonna Tyson. do some things our fans not really exactly mm-hmm. might not really be down with, but they're trying to expand the the social footing of AEW because when you mm-hmm. think of wrestling, you just think of WWE. Mm-hmm. And Shaq, still a very big star. Yeah, that's at true. Brown. That's um, true. On commercials. I don't love it. Lots it's of It's not my... It, it, it's not what I want to see, but like, it ain't necessarily about me here. Um, well, it, at least it's with Cody. I, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be trying to. Yeah, Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. I wouldn't even go take it there. I'd be like, Nah, bro. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a match between Kenny and Pac to talk about the slides disparity. Fuck that. I don't, I don't want that at all. I don't want Eddie Kingston versus Shaq. I don't want John yeah. Moxley versus Shaq. I don't. I don't want the Young Bucks versus the Handicap Men versus Shaq. Nah. Um, However, I would take a Shaq and Young Bucks do six man no. unit. God damn it. <laughs> You want Shaq in the tassels? Everyone, everyone has to wear the tassels. <laughs> yes, Stephen. I knew it. Young Bucks exactly comes out tomorrow. Going. I can't wait. I knew exactly where you were going the second I said, "Don't." Uh, I said, "I, I said uh, a handicap match." You were like, "What? I would." I'm like, "God damn it!" He must want Shaq yep. in some tassels. Yep. Oh, so uh, I think a uh, Shaq and Young Bucks team. I I would rather see that than whatever the hell is going on. So up next, then we got the next part, and this was the talk of Twitter. Uh, Brandy Rose stormed out, and it was it's exactly what you think it was, James. Um, she basically was all fired up and started yelling at Jay Cargill. It was like, "Bitch, who told you it was open mic night?" Like. <laughs> Just, just, I've never seen Brandy this fired up, and um, I loved it. Okay, I thought, I thought she saved the segment because Jay was a little shaky. She's new and not quite comfortable. Like it it seems like on the mic, it looks like they kind of asked a lot of her. She had a lot of stuff to remember. Yes, and also we're talking about a a, effectively a rookie wrestler cutting a promo. In, in a ring in a big stadium that has that, that echo and the delay where you talk and then you hearing your, you can hear yourself over the audio system and the audio system are next to you so it's coming in waves so be able to talk you have to kind of talk one cent you know one sentence at a time or maybe a few slight words at a time to get over the echo so you can finish out your thought you can hear yourself talk it's a, it's a weird experience and it shows you how hard it is to give people dialogue to remember and that's how you get the what chant to be around for the last you know 20 years or so um can we talk about the brandy stuff um this is i think this is why we exist james okay so i like i said i did not see any of the the, the um talk around it but i'm assuming one of the things that got brought up was where did this accent come from, right? Yes. How did I know that was going to happen? Look, 
I guess is the first time we have seen uh, Brandy turn the the switch all the way off and left it off for a pro. And I thought to myself, like, that's not how you was talking to uh, Anna J, and that's not how you was talking to the bunny. Why did the switch go? <laughs> Why did this switch go off for Miss Jade? Miss Jade's a rapper for Miss Cargill. Um, I, I so she I started I, talking so about I, Cody's dick. So <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was funny because I already knew where the conversation went. And I don't want to get into any of these questions of whatever. Uh, Look, I whatever said it on there. Twitter. Once once y'all realize that the thing y'all don't like about what Brandy Rose does is Brandy Rose, y'all will like be okay from there but like yeah. there's no such thing as talking a color get, like get that like people, let people that go did, yeah. like <laughs> I, I saw that come from all the way um so but i love this i i, I, I love it it, 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 it was, was like it was it was fun it was fun um mixed tag well god no i don't want to I, I i would not do a mixed tag here um all, all i are we don't can we move on to the segment because I, I just want to I want to leave I want to leave I want to say something before we leave so if so we can wrap this up you want to are we done oh, go ahead go ahead sir go ahead um Jay looked like she smelled good so what's the next segment <laughs> <laughs> um so basically um they, they wrapped it up by Team Taz running and attacking right. Cody they whooped that ass um him at Starks and Cage started beating that ass, but Darby's music played. He made the save, and then like he minutes later, Will Hobbs ran out. He, tele- he teleported. We, we, we oh, we, well, we were gonna talk about Will Hobbs, but yeah, he was sitting up top for most of the show. I could have swore. I'm not. I'm not serious with this because obviously they went away from him and whatever else. He could have got concessions, but he was in the he upper jumped. deck. He was in right. He was in the upper deck. Then all of a sudden, you heard that dun 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 dun. And I was like, "Here's Coach Darby." And all of a sudden, he's like, he's walking down in the hundred section. He's like, "God damn, that this man knew and that's what was coming." He, like he just knew all this stuff was happening. He knew all, all right. That man vulnerable. He get he got total meat small. They finna come attack. Team Taz finna come attack this man. So he comes in and um he has thumbtacks all over his jacket. And he starts. He runs himself into. Um, at first, it was uh, oh my god, Blake and Starks, and then he runs into Cage, and that made both of them um, patter out the ring. So then, by like, the time it, they had, it seems like minutes later. <laughs> yes. Then by the time it are everything had been escalated, uh, Cody had already been saved. He's walking. They're walking away. All of a sudden. Hobbs comes in with the chair, bashes the chair against the ground to make the noise. He had just missed the opportunity. A white man had already been saved. He, he was late. He was late. He was late for it. He missed his cue. So he he goes to the ring and is like, okay, so um, it was, you know, we talked about this. Like it, you had mentioned this. It could be Cody that gets thrown into this match between Team Taz or whatever else. I'm trying to figure yeah. out who will be the third person for them to throw, to then add in Will Hobbs, or is this going to be... Um, well, actually, it's already been decided next week is going to be just those two. It's going to be Darby versus Darby and Cody versus Team Taz. Um, yeah. I think it kind of stinks because, we, you know, they had just did the thing with Hobbs, and then, you know, 
it went up in smoke because of the COVID thing, but maybe Only thing I think may, maybe Team Taz got the Will Hobbs. Maybe he's he this is some type of deception. Runs out there late to make him think he was on his side. Um, as a, we haven't ever gotten an answer, Will okay. Hobbs, if he wanted to join Team Taz or not. Remember, he keeps showing up late. That's a good point. That is a good point. That is a good point. So, but I mean, on Sunday he had just saved a white man. Like it just this time he was late. You know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Alex Marvez then, uh, interviewed John Moxley. Uh, Moxley said when he came to AEW, he wasn't interested in championships. He just wanted to, you know, whoop some ass. But now the world title represents every single one of these fans. Um, he said he has a, you know, every, anyone that was out of a job. He basically one of those Dusty Rose type, uh, <laughs> promos. He said everyone was out of a job. Everybody has had a hard time this year. Every kid that's, that's, uh, that's being made feeling of because they were told wrestling's not cool or something along those lines about yeah. kids that love wrestling that get ridiculed for it. Like, yeah, I thought this was, I mean, you can finish with the rest, but I thought this was a great promo. Uh, he said he's got a big challenge ahead with Kenny Omega and, um, Kenny, he, he said he's beaten Kenny once, uh, but beating him twice, it takes someone special, but he's the, someone that's special. So he's able to do it. So, um, yeah. then they announced that Moxley will defend the AEW championship against Kenny on December 2nd I was and is being billed as the biggest match in Dynamite history. It is. I was floored. I cannot believe they're giving us this on pay per view or, or not on pay per view on TV. I'm shocked. shocked. I was shocked. I, I was shocked, Keep and mind. I was like, not a like. I've been sitting with this all week, and I've considered like all options on this. I'm going. No, well, Floyd's trying to get me to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, I work the next day, so I don't know. Um, but and I'd be fucking blown like if, if like it's like a I don't know. I don't think they're going to do some type of fuck finish. There's going to be a, a winner and a loser here. Um, I, I, my mind immediately started racing. I'm like, all right, are they going to try to just get this belt off of Moxley so he can go do quarantine in time for Wrestle Kingdom? Is that what's going on? Apparently, when the match was made, that was not the thinking. So, um, then you start thinking about, okay, they've, their pay per view numbers are going to be what they are and what they have been, which is that steady, like, between 90 and 110,000, like anywhere between there. Um, the money's made off TV. Last year, they struggled in December because they were, they just couldn't stop the bleeding for whatever reason. Then they were fine. Well, the new year, but well, I think, they, you know, I mean, I don't know what happened in December last year aside from the last dynamite of the year. Like that one was like, oh, well, yeah, that no one wants to see that. <laughs> Yeah, you beat up so all the like, baby faces with like a mid card heel team. Yeah, um, and this ain't the same dark order that's around now. Like right. this was like <laughs> them being too ahead. But I was like, huh? Like I was like, man, they're really not going to do this on pay per view. Like they're oh, trying sure. to draw like a super number. It feels like, but I don't feel like a super number is coming just because of the calendar. Um. Then again, what has worked of late, not only in uh, AEW, but in NXT, in WWE, it's oh, been doing match big matches like on TV couple, on a, like on like a basically like two three week build. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even I mean, even they did that when it came to the um, they or they've been doing that. Uh, like you know the 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 cage match with Wardlow, 
the whooping, as you call it, um, the fight for the, or sorry, uh, the fight for the fallens, or not fight for the fallen, but, um, fighter fest stuff. Like, they, they, they've built to those big special matches and like, or big special but shows. But this one like, feels Halloween way Halloween another example of NXT that they did. Um, so yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. Um, but like, you know, you give like, it weeks or whatever about- else, and you build it up and you run it. Like, I'm surprised they're doing it, but if they're going to do it, like, it, it looks like they're doing it appropriately, in my opinion. Cause they're giving yeah, it three weeks like- to build this thing. Like, I was talking to Chad and like, Chad, like, firmly thought that before this got announced, it was like, this is the biggest match in the company right now. So it's like, why wouldn't you do this on pay-per-view? But I guess they figured. I mean, you know, let's try to let's try to pop a monster number, especially like uh, to help these averages or whatever. And then when it's time for these negotiations to to really get something going here, I was kind of shocked. Well, uh, one thing to, to mention is like before his um, before he had a setback with um, with Mercer again, like going to the first match we were going to get between Moxley and in in um. I'm just calling him Hangman. Moxley and Omega, like, in my opinion, that was the most anticipated match I have AEW. That was the most anticipated I've ever been for any AEW match. And then, you know, it got delayed, and then they put on the lights out step, and that was, it, it dampened it for me. But, like, so, yeah, like, I, I've, you know, I've told, I've talked to you about, like, that match was cool that they had or whatever else. It's a great match. A lot of people love it. But, like, I want a, I want a regular rules fucking match and watch them two, you know. So, do so does Kenny team. Omega. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but yeah, yeah um, I'm kind of shocked. I don't know what to think. Um, of course, my my conspiracy theory mind went off. I'm like, is this New Japan trying to fuck with Kenny again? Make sure he's not, you know, like, like, this would happen. New like, Japan. you know, it got got a got a got a win the belt on TV or whatever, and not on pay per view or whatever. So so, so you can't buy it. To, to get Mox to New Japan, because uh, initially oh I felt like God. I felt like there were there were potentially outside things dictating what an AEW World Championship title change might be, and I was like, I don't like that. Like, especially with the run that Mox has had, I'm like, I want him to drop the belt kind of on his own merit rather than like, hey, I have to go lose like the fifth most important belt in New Japan. Like, who gives a fuck at this point? Like. I'm sorry, like, like the AEW World Championship. Way to fuck up here. The fucking U.S. title, like, where? <laughs> um, I don't look at it that way because, like, I enjoy Matsu takes his ass to New Japan. Like, so I I see it differently. But um, I get what you're saying. I see where you're coming from. So um, after that. It was bunk house time. So knee pads over the jeans. Uh, the butcher and the blade came out in full garb. Aesthetically, this this team just gets it. Low key, like second tier, you know, mid tier MVPs this year. The butcher and the blade. They just make everything better. Like they just come out here and they're fucking solid as fuck. They look like badasses. Like. I love this team. Do you actually love the team or do you just love the butcher? I love this team. Alright, alright. Like, Blade's cool. I think I just like Butcher more. Um I mean I like I mean, who doesn't like Butcher more? Like look how like he's a swaggerific. Like 
and then like this has match. There, this has there ever been a most improved gimmick off the fact that someone stopped wearing black and decided we're all white? Because that's what he did. <laughs> Nothing changed since they decided we're all white. It's the silliest, goofiest, most nonsensical stuff in the world. But that little panache made them more likable. And more, more palatable. I don't get it. It's a dumb thing. Came out with the big apron stupid. on. Wrestling stupid rich. Yeah. Came out with the big apron on, bro. When it came out, I was like, what the fuck? Look at the look. Like, they fucking get it. Like, oh, but, man. uh, I love this. Um, uh, this was, it was just wild, a wild street brawl. Like, and at the end, you know, it was QT and the blade. It came down to them after lots of bleeding everywhere. Tons Dustin was awesome in this match. The, the, yes, he was. He was the best wrestler in this in this match. Um, the blade. He was he was somewhere high. He was somewhere over five on the Muda scale. He oh, he, he look, did, they was bleeding out himself. there. He did a number on himself. Um, uh, you know, he did a number on himself to get that much blood. God damn. Yeah. Um. um and this one did pretty well in the ratings too, um, on the show, like quarter hour wise. People hitting each other um, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one thing I will note, like I wasn't, I, I, this match was absolutely good. I did not like it to the level of most people. Um, I think it might have to be because of, I think it might be because of the match we got on Saturday. Um, I think just like, Yes, they hit each other a lot of shit, but like it was not the the kind of emotion involved with like you're my friend, I don't want to hurt you, but I must because I'm protecting this fucking title and I need you to quit even though I know this is going to make you feel like, you know, a fucking, you know, waste of 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 space, but a loser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so after, after you know you, your you know your failures have led you already down this path, it might you know you might never be able to come out of the other side of it. But yeah, it's just um. But what I will say is the one spot with the with the Jeff the Jeff Jarrett live spot with all of a sudden the blade pull. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the blade pulls out a guitar and QT leans forward. And he botches that shit across the back of QT's head and like his left shoulder, the back of his left shoulder. And then like the camera goes away and I'm like, he better not blade. And then he comes up and after you see it literally hits the back of his head. He blades his forehead and I was like, alright, I'm on autopilot. Whatever happens, happens after this. This, this is fucking goofy. Like after I went on that, I just went on the rant about uh, AEW and it came to motherfuckers, you know, you punch some shit and then like you blade the side of a hand. This is another example of this. I was like, whatever. Like they hit you with a lot of shit. Um, but it, it was it was a good match. Absolutely, absolutely. At, at the end of the day, then it came down to QT Marshall and the Blade in the you, ring. What do you fighting think, for honor? What do you think of them doing the um, the bulldog spot off of the thing into the gimmick of? Of something they were supposed to jump into, and then like they both recovered and made it back into the match. Because I thought like after that happened, it was, it was gonna come, and it was just those two in the ring, QT and the Blade. I was like, okay, this match gonna end right here. And then like they continued wrestling; those two recovered, got into, it, and it kept going. What do you think of that? I assume everybody has superhuman strength in these fights. No, no, not as far as like whether the selling was off psych- psychology wise, but like, do you think that added to the match? Or do you think they should actually just let it end? Like I, or, I think QT and, and and Blade should have ended it on their own. Okay, personally, but okay. um, 
I, I think the finish also should have been like when QC hit the uh, elbow off the ladder. Um, yep, I thought however, the same thing too. However, uh, after that, they did the um, the, uh, the diamond cutter on the you know they did butcher and blade and the bunny bunny went through the table. Of course, she had to get hers, um, and then uh, chain assisted diamond cutter. Only cut table too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dustin hit Blade with the cowbell, and then uh, Marshall hit the cutter for the win. I I thought this was like great. Uh, QT prospering out here. QT wins a dand. Uh, you know, a national inspiration. Uh, just 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 you know. Oh, just he's, on the, he's on the he's on the American Nightmare team. That's why. Okay, so like, wait, what? American Night? Like American hero? What? Like what? You know. What's going on? All right. So uh, yeah, you know, this was awesome. Um. Uh, after that, Matt Hardy cut a promo for his compound, and I hated every fucking second of this. He made uh, that man bury Sammy, bro. This, if you watch this from perspective of no, realize, like he murdered this fucking guy, and then with his two black friends, <laughs> basically put him into a trash can and hauled the carcass away. Right? He cuts his promo saying. We have, we have hurt each other and I got my, my vengeance on you. And then now that I've beaten you, I hope you learned the lesson and you will, t- and, and you will not squander this, the opportunity that I've gave, g- given your career. And you will like, be a big star. And I was like, I was like, hold on. Are you saying was don't this squander? putting him over? No, I was like, do you just say don't you dare squander your career after I just literally murdered you in front of everybody? You're, he's dead. What are you talking about, man? Like, I, I don't. <laughs> Like, I don't understand the part where, like, Matt Hardy put him over by putting him in the garbage can. Like, is his brain broken? Like, I don't, that's, I don't understand this. That's why I made my, my, um, my, uh, sorry, I made my, uh, social suplex nickname for like a couple hours today was like Matt, like Matt Hardy's brain could be poured into a slushy cup. Cause this man, CTE things going on, bro. Like, bro, like, like, what is this? Like, bro, like, they fucking killed Sammy Guevara. Like, I, like, I I guess he's gonna have to turn babyface out of the inner circle, like, through the MJF thing, right? But, like, I don't see how Matt Hardy helped him get there. (laughs) Like, at all. Um, He didn't. So up next, speaking of I don't need, I don't need it to necessarily be connected to reality because Matt Hardy, of course not, but, it just the idea of what he said is like I I I murdered you, so don't you dare squander his opportunity to have you your your soul has left your body. It's like he's talking to a he's talking to a cadaver. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Losing it. It's um, ridiculous. <laughs> what <sighs> what does Matt Hardy do next? What is there for him to do? Um. Uh, so on BCE today, he was bragging about himself quite a lot when he ran to the Young Bucks about the history of his career and all the tag team titles he's won and basically downplaying the Bucks. Maybe he gets a tag team partner and then fuse with the Young Bucks or something. How much longer does Jeff have? <laughs> I yes, don't know. I talk, he I mentioned said, his brother, I too. Je- I mentioned Jeff as if, like, he, you know, he's in prison right He's now. in jail. Yeah. I mean, and with Jeff Hardy. When does he come home? Look, and with Jeff, you never quite know. Uh, but he did mention his brother in that thing, so okay. I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to pull a Hardys and Bucks program at some point in AEW. But yeah, um, when did they do those in Triple? Uh, where did they Ring of Honor? 
Ring of Honor. That's right. In 2017. Beginning of 2017. Yep. So they did um the inner circle induction ceremony for MJF. Uh Jericho came out, addressed the crowd, and he invited the original inner circle out first. Hager, Santana Ortiz came out, but Sammy Guevara was not there. Um Because he's fucking dead. That's Yeah, yeah. At least that's what you think. Um uh, and then uh MJF and Warlow came out, uh both of whom they got uh, inducted into the inner circle, so this is like a two for one. Like, so like, if you had to hang out with MJF, like, is Wardlow like the like the fact you get Wardlow with him? Is it worth it? Like from for your wrestling group, from a KB yes. perspective, hell yeah, yes. Hell yeah, like I'll deal is... with this asshole MJF, but like we got this Wardlow right here, yeah, yeah. So, um. After that, MJF uh, said he took the podium, or MJF took the podium and started acting all emotional. He said he overcame adversity by getting a small loan of $1 million, like more Trump speak. Um, and then <laughs> he said he handled the burden of being a reigning champion, and then he prepared a poem. But uh, the lyrics were from Drake's All Me. Yeah. And then that song is like a couple years old, but whatever. It, like it fit for the situation. 15, 16, something like that. Yeah. But it, uh, it doesn't matter. It worked for the, you know. Right. Yeah. Ortiz got on the mic and said, hold on, bro. That's not your shit. Like, that's a Drake song. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then MJF said he's never heard Drake. What are you talking about? Right. And uh, his next line was like, you know, I st- you know, but I started from the bottom and now I'm here. It was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Like, He's know he's he know what he's doing. Like I, I mean, obviously it's an older song, but it's like you do that so that like even even people that don't listen to rap know what the fuck's going on. Hey, at least at least when MJF did this, it seems like there was some self awareness there. I seem to recall Enzo More oh, completely acting like this was his own, <laughs> like when he was yeah. doing these things. <laughs> yeah, like he was clearly like the butt of the joke was clearly the fact that MJF is a goof, like. He's he, yeah, he's that aware of it. Like you know, Enzo's like, yeah, ah, this me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, right. Santana Ortiz, uh, were looking at Jericho like, like, what the fuck you doing, bro? Like, like this ain't this ain't right. Like he, he ain't one of us. And you know, Jericho said everyone needs needs to chill. The inner circle's gonna be stronger than ever. Uh, and you can see what's going to happen. You you see it coming from a mile away. Yep. MJF's going to get in this fucking group. Jericho is going to like somehow start dropping his guard. You want to know what it is? And MJF's going to win over the rest of that fucking group. And then they're going to kick his old ass out. You want to know what this is? What? This is Terrell Owens gets traded for the 49ers to the Eagles. And Jericho is McNabb. Wow. And a year goes by, and the next thing you know, there will be people on one or side. Is this the nation of domination. <laughs> In wrestling terms, yeah, sure, I guess. And then, like, on one end, there's the other side. And then, like, there'll be a conflict, and it'll get resolved one or the other. But, like, they're off to a very good start. They really are. Yeah. So, uh, MJF said they're not just here to celebrate his induction, they're celebrating Jericho's birthday. Jericho turns 50, 50 out of the demo at this point. I'm shocked they didn't do like some 
something about Jericho lo- leaving the demo. We'll see. It, um, I, I can see, I can see it becoming a thing in the next couple weeks. You know, they like to play with these sorts of things. Yeah, and then the uh, confetti and balloons came out. Um, then they said the inner circle was headed to Vegas next week, and the trips on him. And then they sang uh, "Happy Birthday" to close the segment. So after that, Alex Marvez um, interviewed the Young Bucks, and uh, he flinched when they opened the dressing room. You know, for the super kicks. You know, got these yeah. announcers traumatized and shit. Yeah, um, because they were the Bucks, dicks, and now they're not dicks. Yeah. Great. Bucks is cool now. All, all they had to do was win, you know, and then they calmed down. Could remember, be worse. Remember all that edge that, that edge they needed to have to face the um or face uh, FTR and beat them. Yeah. How did that necessarily manifest during the match? It seemed like they just wrestled a young Bucks match. <laughs> well, you see, when they started doing everyone else's moves, you know, that was the edge that they needed. And he kicked him with the edge of his foot um, at the finish <laughs> of his bare foot, bro. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever had more people uh, like come to me and be like, I can't believe you gave this match certain rating or whatever else. It was it was like I just didn't like the shit as much as y'all. Like it, like Chad, I'm, uh, Chad actually re- uh, tagged me in something on Facebook, and I was like. Because the last week's show, he said he's like this is the this is the most uh, begrudgingly given four and a quarter star match I've ever heard, and I was like, well, Rich asked me what I liked about the match on the show, and I can't, and I, I didn't feel like I could just say the the moves. <laughs> I, just, I could just, I could just, I felt like that shit was lazy. I could just be like, well, what did you like about it? Well, the moves. I just didn't like the spam of the stuff as much as y'all. I was like, okay, like it just sounds like. Oh, thanks, thanks, James. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, so, uh, so, but I, the Bucks but what are we? What are we doing? Do with with, with Matt? Because Matt is like in his Shawn Michaels lost his smile beard with also with the with the with the the cross earring. The earring. Yeah, like he, there's something there's, there's something going on. I don't know about you be concerned or, or what's going on. Um. Well, Matt is thirty five. Oh Lord. Okay. So you know maybe he's trying to trying to feel the spirit of youth. You know um, that that is you know leaving, and that's why it ties into the, to this next thing. Uh, the bus they called the tag the tag championships the biggest achievement in their careers. It said uh, before they received a message from Top Flight, basically a high flying team of brothers that um, basically you know within the thir- first thirty seconds he wanted to wrestle them. Top flights, uh, they're pretty good. They're very young, even younger than Private Party. Um, and Matt granted them a tag team title opportunity next week. They've uh, been on Dart the last couple weeks, so I expect like a very good match here. Uh, I think they're they're still like uh, Top Flight. They're not I, in the in the fast changing uh, in in the wrestling world to where you have to lock people in early now. It's just kind of like the way it is like you definitely sign top flight and then you kind of like stash them i feel like um but they're very talented very risk you know they take risks this is going to be like some of your own bucks private party shit so who is top flight have the dudes that like rap no 
I actually want to talk about them whenever we get a chance, but I don't know rap? where it fits. So Matt Caster is a is a guy that raps, and his tag team partner is Anthony Bowen. He doesn't rap. Anthony Do Bowen. Do they have a team name? Yes, they're called the Acclaimed. Okay, okay. So uh, Matt Caster is going to be a superstar in wrestling. I feel like I I get I feel like he's already better than Young John Cena as far as like he can rap on beat. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's very like it's like oh okay he knows what he's doing he actually like raps like I can tell I I follow him on Twitter every uh, Friday he does like freestyle Friday and he makes beats too so he puts up like a freestyle that he does and then tons of charisma uh, good look good kind of got like a Jason Jordan kind of size to him uh, a little bit Jordan's I think a little bit more muscular on that side but um, yeah uh, Anthony Bowens is like going to be like the worker out of those two, and Bowens is pretty good. Okay, calls himself the five tool uh, uh, prospect or five tool player or something like that. Like, uh, I think both of those guys are going to. I think they're going to be a really big tag team, and whenever they go their several ways, they're both going to have lines uh, uh, to success uh, wherever they end up. So, um, but yeah, the Bucks like back to them. They are seeing. They're, they're, like last year, they were looking at this young tag team and like, damn, we ain't the young guys no more. And then top flight, this is like more of that, like all these mm-hmm. brothers now, like, and it's just like they are transitioning into this other stage right now. I feel like, you know, like they're they're looking back, like, damn, like we got this legacy, like, and it's like, man, we need something to to keep pushing us, and it's like we. We're going to keep fighting these young guys eventually. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. No, I was laughing at the thing you said, like, you know, like a year ago, they were wrestling, they were wrestling, uh, you know, you're looting the private party, and now they're wrestling these brothers. I was like, well, they was wrestling brothers a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Top flight are actual brothers. but I I know, but I knew knew what you meant, but it's like, you know, they're wrestling, they're wrestling real brothers now, but then before they were just wrestling brothers, you know? Right. (laughs) I think it's some of the dumbest shit. We can move. This is why the show's so long. I'm, I bring this thing to the dumbest shit. We can move on, man. So up next, we got uh, Sean Spears against Scorpio Sky. Uh, call me crazy. I kind of like this. <laughs> this look, this. I like Sean Spears. <laughs> I, you know, I love the, 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 the bottom of the car he'll give it. He got a win. I was shocked he got the win, uh, here because he, he, uh, it seems like Sky was going to roll over him, but I guess they're going to make us wait for Sky to get that win over him. But, um, yeah. What'd you think of this? This was one of the worst baby, acts of dumb baby face we have seen this year. It's not, it's not the worst. Like, I still got Darby, Losing because he couldn't move because he was too exhausted after getting, you know, t- tilted. And then, uh, Tam in the Cinderella tournament throwing, uh, Nascotora out through the middle ropes hey, in a, in he a also top didn't, rope elimination. So, like, he, those are the two he, words he, that come to mind. He, he also didn't stare at a video board for minutes at a time while his tank was crushed. Yeah, but at least she, yeah, but she got school, I think she got schoolboy. Uh, yeah, so like, they're definitely worse. Um, but this was still just bad as like, this person that has been fucking with you, um, their manager 
hands you a weapon, you discard the weapon, it was a distraction, and it allowed him just to rock you with a weapon he always keeps on his fucking hand. It's like, all right, man. All right. I, you know, and they were putting him over as, like, you know, uh, Scorpio as he has the third most wins in AEW history so far behind only, I think, Cody and, and um, Kenny Omega. And I was just like, and then they do that to to, to the boy. And I, I was like, damn. All right. Well, I, like, all them, all the matches, all the wins on Dart that both of them twos racked up in. I don't know, like I don't think I I I don't know I don't know how to feel about it. Like maybe it, maybe it was just because of um the match got postponed by a couple weeks or whatever else, mm-hmm. but like something it, it wasn't it wasn't like some really good match or anything. It was just kind of there, and it was like I I don't know if I was expecting more or what, but it was just like that happened and that finish was like. Uh, I, yeah, I think I think they've got to have him come back from this and then yeah, figure out. Yeah, it, he figure, please come back and get your win back because that that was that was not that was not optimal. Like if that if that's the end of it, then that was then you should never done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like so, we're, we're building Sean Spears, not Scorpio Sky. That's what we're doing. You do that. That's what we're doing. At AEW. What the fuck's going on? Like, yeah, I, I feel like Scorpio's probably going to come back and either please, challenge him please to some do. no rules match or like totally banned from ringside or you can't wear the glove or something like that. That's the new thing. Get his own they, glove. Like tell tell they got banned from uh the Young Bucks match uh the other or last weekend. Uh, that's a new thing. Ban him. Just ban Tully from everybody. Ban Tully. Tully, you gotta, you gotta get the fuck out. Tully needs a shirt. Tully needs a shirt like, I've banned Tully or, you know, Tully's been banned or some shit or you can't yeah. ban me. Get in on his, uh, PWT money. Yes. Um, uh, then, uh, you know, they announced the tag match for next week. Um, and these guys have done some like really cool promos, like look like it's mid Atlantic championship wrestling, both Cody and Darby out or Cody and Ricky Starks have done them. Um, and it has Tony Schiavone with an extra long microphone. It's like eighties out. Like it's, it's really cool. They put them on Twitter. Okay. Um, so after that, uh, they cut to Dasha, who said she was sitting with Kenny for an interview, but Kenny was about that bitch. And then they cut Alice Marvez in the parking lot, who caught Kenny as Kenny was headed to the plane, wherever the hell he was flying. Um, and then he asked for Kenny's thoughts on being the next uh, world championship challenger. And this was my favorite Kenny Omega promo since the last time he talked about Moxley. Um, you like this more than the... Uh... The one he did going into the hangman thing when he's in the fake rental house. Yes. They're both good promos. Yeah. I, I like this one more. Okay. Um, he said that uh, he needs to live up to the championship standards of Kenny Omega that we saw in New Japan. You know, the guy that was given the five, six, and seven star matches. Um, he said he's ready to reassume the responsibility of being the world champion. He's done being an afterthought. Um, and basically it was like the, you know, the thing that you took from me, uh, Moxley is, you know, you're the number one guy that's talked about it in wrestling and on the magazines and all the other stuff. And 
But, you know, I checked and, you know, there is no record uh, of us ever fighting before, you know, <laughs> despite our previous encounter. So, yes, you know, Kenny is a subscriber to it. So I thought this never happened. Um, he said this is our first official match. It's zero and zero. And uh, basically he's going to win. He's going he's gonna, gonna to get give it to him. And I thought this was like, just felt like, damn, they're flipping the switch on this guy. I, I didn't. I didn't see them like I just thought it was going to be a longer kind of thing, and it just felt like ooh, a big fucking match is coming between Mosley's promo. Both of them exuded quiet confidence. I feel like, and it was just like, yeah, I'm ready for this fucking <laughs> what thing I like, here. What I like so much about it is without going into the details of what happened the last time they've had a match, like they explain to you in simplest terms that like they've had a run in before, right? Like this, like they cut promos in a way that like you wish like WWE would to where they don't like talk about things that like just run in a total opposition of what they've done before, but not necessarily even like go through the, go- the, the, the real details of what happened before. So, like he said, like earlier in the show, or I'm said, hey man, Moxley says, like you don't really get to beat Kenny Omega two times in a row. It's really fucking hard. And then what do you say? But like it takes a special individual, and I believe myself to be that individual. And then you go to the Omega thing, and he's like, you took something from me when you beat me, and like I. I want. I'm here for the receipt, bitch. Like I, I really like that. Like I, yeah. they've done a look. Is Masi going to pull out another feud of the year contender? <laughs> <laughs> Depends. So they announced that there's a contract signing between these two next week, and is they're going to be face to face. So, um, I could go for you know the big sit down like Kenny did last yeah. time when he was talking about Moxley yeah. flamed him for three minutes. But and another thing, about I want to see these guys like go at it like. And just talk about their philosophies on, on, on shit. Cause I feel like that's the, that's the, it's very successful when you do that. Ask Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So the, the contract signings on like the 18th, right? It's the next show. Yep. Yeah. So it was like, they have like what two weeks after that, or th- two or three weeks to get to December second. So, like they're, you know, I don't know what else is on that card because I know like I believe next week's dynamite is also pretty loaded too, right? Yeah, we'll get to. They're it. setting um, these things up pretty well. They're setting these up. Yeah, things, uh, yeah. Um, we haven't talked about it but, uh, yet, uh, but what do you think of like their new like graphic layouts and their new intro? I like the new graphics. I missed the intro, but I need to uh, check it out because, like, my stream, I didn't get it up in time. Okay. But I saw, uh, I think I saw, like, a little, like, GIF on Twitter. It was, like, it looked like it was a higher quality. They shot it, like, say, especially for the intro. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a sliced-up thing. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 to me, it just kind of represents, like, progression. Like, it's the next year of this thing. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know if I liked... I think I like the montage of like you know the great moments in recent AEW memory that was splashed across the the intro from before, but it's not as bad as like you know I had a I was kind of I like the the nods to big moments or whatever else that they that they mm-hmm. had, but um, I do like the new graphics uh, changes. I do like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So Kenny and Moxley, let's get it. 
<laughs> are these guys like going to be like? Is this match for more than the AEW Championship? Uh, like, is it for the who's the ace? Yeah, like ace wrestler of the year. Like, I I think I think. Kenny's too far behind in the promo and program category as far as like great builds and not to say that like Kenny hasn't because he has you know the hangman stuff and he has the um the young bucks thing but it just feels like the mossy thing just in your forefront every week when he comes out every week and has a has a good ass promo like every single week he's like it, it, it kind of overwhelms, like, um, but obviously, you know, Omega hasn't beat in the um, in-ring department, but, um, you know, it, maybe this was September, um, but I think I think by the time we get to December, most people might be made up. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So up next, we got uh, Tay Conti versus Red Velvet. Red Velvet officially signed with AEW as well. Um so this one uh went about eight minutes. I thought this was all right. Told a nice little story and it was um uh I think Red Velvet showed more than she's ever shown, I, I wanna say. Um in some of her short squash matches and there was a uh story of Anna J trying to get Ty Conti to cheat. Um right. this is AEW like you look at all these women that are uh, surrounding this match. Brandy's out there, Anna Jay's out there, Tay's out there, Red Velvet's out there. You can start seeing the foundations of like a rebuilt um, kind of division, like taking off, and then like they are, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, I ain't gonna say it, <laughs> I ain't gonna say it, but um, yeah, I I I enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was um, too bad. I I thought it was I thought it was a, a, a fine match. Um, I I was just kind of almost like surprised that this more match I thought you would see you would be more fitting to be on Dark than be on Dynamite. So I was kind of like, where's Nyla? Where's Britt? Where's Sheeta? Where's um, Swole? But um whatever yeah so um tight Conti ended up getting a win uh, after a couple near falls by red velvet she gave her a pump kick and a gory special transition into the knee strike her finish is raw um so alex marvez after that caught up to jericho and mjf in the rest of the inner circle sam Rivera said hey what the fuck uh you sent me an email to go to the beach but what the fuck's going on here MJF was like, nah, I sent it. And then Sam was like, nah, that's bullshit. And he was like, hey, I sent you another email. And then it was like, yeah, whatever. Right. I was like, at this point, after watching that match that I was not expecting, and then that was put clearly put in the death slot for Pentagon versus Phoenix. And then you get this. I was like, Hey man, I don't give a fuck what's in Sammy Guevara's email. He should be dead anyway. Bring out Pentagon <laughs> and Phoenix. I was, I was like, bro, I don't care, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't. Just bring the match out. Bring out the main event. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So they they replayed the best friends and Sabian and Miro angle from last week. They announced Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy next week. 
uh, to go with the Bucks in top flight, that tag team match and the face to face with Moxley or the contract signing with Moxley and Kenny and maybe something else I, I can't remember. But um, after that, Eddie Kingston came out and cut a promo and said he knows his name. Stop sharing for him. Uh, <laughs> this shit was funny. So even though yeah. he said he quit, he will never stop wrestling and he will become the world champion. Uh, and then after that, Pentagon and Phoenix were next and uh, they Did both entered the Kingston same music. Funk. <laughs> <laughs> I will never retire. <laughs> Oh, that's the Ric Flair. That's Ric Flair, but you know, they, you know neither one of them. Forever. Right. Yeah. Um, so after that, uh, Penn and Phoenix, it was quite funny that one of them made their entrance with the music. Uh, they went to commercial. They came back. The same music yep. was playing. Yep. And <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, I see what you did. You went to commercial knowing that, thinking that people were forgetting and they had the same fucking music and you didn't run it right back. <laughs> like, yep. I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty slick to kind of not just run into the stumble into the, you know, Lucha Bros, Mesa King, and then you go, Lucha Bros, right <laughs> like I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty slick, but I, like, when you're watching it, not on commercial break, you're just watching the show, you're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yup. And then we got round two, uh, round two fight with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, and this was a totally different match than yes. the last time. Uh, yes. Last time, it seems like they were going for the more spectacular moves. This one was just like violent, a violent fight between two brothers who just came out there and ran it. Yeah. Um, I, Ripping at know, the masks. It, I, I be, yes. Um, I believe that the first match is more... It, I feel like these matches symbolize or embody more of the spirit of the person that won, right? So, more spectacular match, Phoenix won. The mm-hmm. match that was more physical and dangerous, Penta won. Real shocker there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I so I like that, that the themes of both matches in, like, yo, um, I, I do like where they're headed with the, like, are is like is Kingston so toxic that is going to fracture the relationship between the Lucha Bros? Like, is this man that is is like is he that like just toxic? So um, that was an interesting story that um, the NBA trade had going on. What's Drew story? Holiday to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, uh, George Hill, and draft considerations. Hmm. Um. Okay, so I believe that does change um, that helps the, the Bucks. ceiling for the Bucks, right? That changes their ceiling. As long as you help, as long as you can stay healthy for fucking once, or not for once, but like, like he's been in like the last couple of years. Um, it's gonna be know. a great defensive <laughs> yeah. unit there. I mean, yeah, and you know, like. You know, Bless was was a good, was a great, was not great, but a very good defender on his own right. But um, he can't do the things offensively that Drew can do. So, um, as far as a secondary facilitator or someone you put the ball in his hands and get, you know, move um, Giannis off the ball or, or turn Giannis to a role man. So, yeah, um, that does change their trajectory. 
Um, would I pick them over the Heat if they ran into the Heat again? I'm not sure, but it is closer now. So, um, yeah, good pickup for them. Good pickup for them. Um, do I think they're going to be? I, I don't think they're going to try as hard in the, in the regular season, but yeah, like they have the oh. past couple of years, but still. Breaking news: Drew McIntyre has won back the WWE Championship. Okay, so we're going to get Drew McIntyre versus Roman at Survivor uh, Series. Survivor Series. So we get the babyface versus Hill dynamic. Okay. So Randy Orton stole a 14 title. <laughs> um, no, I would say he stole when you get the 15 when like he runs in on Sunday to screw up to get an easy way out to not beat McIntyre or Roman. Um, oh my god! Sunday. And then you get the TLC match, and then like Randy probably wins it right back. And they get oh my victory. god, yuck! Um, <laughs> see, uh, see, like, do you remember? Blue thinking the ways of fuck us. Do you remember the ways of fuck us? You remember Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence, where he's like, <laughs> he's like, they think I'm a cop. I was like, bro, no, mind. I was like, see, you have to start thinking like Vince. <laughs> like that's how he's like, you know, he ain't gonna give you no finish between Drew McIntyre over Reigns. He don't want to beat either one of them. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Um, hey man, I'm gonna just say this. Um, John Silver. Uh, all there was a, the biggest title change of the day uh, did not happen uh, in WWE. Oh, yeah. John Silver won the BTE Championship today, <laughs> and I don't know about you, man. The I don't know if you know this right now, James, but the BTE Championship was booked exactly like the IWGP Championship uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. You know. Because Silver, yeah, Silver lost in his in the finals or whatever to Trent, and out of the kindness of Trent's heart, he was given a match this week, uh, and they played flip water bottle or whatever, um, and he ended up winning it. But much in the way, Kota Ibushi was given this title opportunity by Tetsuya Naito out of the kindness of his heart. So you know. BTE world title, IWGP belt, same thing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so what is... Oh, oh, we were talking about the main event of... Pentagon and Phoenix. Pentagon and Phoenix. Yeah, man. Like, they started ripping the mask. Um, They got to the spot, like, just the... The package power driver on the apron, I was like, whoa, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? You know, I feel like, I feel like between the, the Lucha Bros and Kenny, like every week, like I'm, I'm asking like, yo, what are they doing? Why are they doing this on TV? <laughs> Why are they doing this on free TV? So, um, but yeah, uh, another great match, another match that I'm, you know, somewhere between four and a quarter and four and a half on, um, Pentagon has racked up three three absolute bangers in a row in the past uh I think that's four weeks. Um you know, uh I I'm I'm glad to see it because that dude does this and so does his brother and it was baffling me that like they were not um being used uh to their capabilities uh earlier in the year, even you know, even with some of the stuff going on with the pandemic, but um, I guess we get to the you know the the, the post match stuff. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a great match. Also, yeah. um, it was like you know 
I can watch. It's Russell always Westbrook. funny when you. It's, it's always funny when you see uh, Ray Phoenix's mask get ripped, and you see that bald head right. underneath. Because it's, it's like, man, I don't picture Ray Phoenix to be right. bald, but right. uh, I guess. Or better yet, like when he gets retaliation and he rips um, Pentagon's mask, and Pentagon, he did. I mean, I I feel like I know what Pentagon looks exactly like now. Like, yeah, <laughs> he ripped that shit. I'm like, okay. I, if you take a still right now. I, I can I can ID that man if I wanted to, but well, like Pentagon can fix the shit out of your car. I promise you, <laughs> he will hook you up. <laughs> he lives around the corner from I'm, you. I'm not like <laughs> let's 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 move on. Look, <laughs> I, I have met Pentagon in my life. Like, <laughs> um. So after that, uh, Kingston grabbed a mic. He congratulated Phoenix and then, or uh, Pentagon, and then sl- he slightly kicked Ray Phoenix out the ring like he was yeah. kicking some trash. Yeah. Um, he said, "Hey, your brother, you know, you don't need that dead weight." And he's like, "This a motherfucker trying to break up brothers. Look, look at this guy." I'm telling you. And then the returning pack came out and said, "The bastard is back." And Kingston made a bad mistake, and I feel like everyone's cheering and very happy. Then all the geeks ran out and keep them from from really running it. But it's clear that there is smoke. And then they announced his in ring return next week. Pac will face the Blade, and there's smoke here. Yeah, man. Um, excited to see Pac back. Pac actually, uh. That's one of the things I got spoiled on, um, but I'm so happy to see him. If he, if I had been on spoiled, I probably would have popped huge for it. But um, happy he's back. He's one of my very favorite wrestlers in AEW and in the world. So um, I just think the dude's just like so. His body control, his skill, pacing, like dude's just. I, like he's a dude that's like he almost make, never makes any mistakes ever. He's in his like just this level of excellence there. So like I, I'm glad he's back. Um, and you know, there's tons of matches for him to have because he you know he's been gone for so long. So, um, can't wait to see what he has what they have next for him. And hope they move him right back to the same slot he was before. He was like, you know, one of those you know top of the car type guys. So. um can't wait. I, I hope rip it make up. that death triangle theme and just throw it away. So, like, I'm hoping the death triangle like reforms, and then you get Kingston, butcher uh, in the blade, blade, and then you give Kingston one other guy. Like, you give him like some heel that you're trying to get going, and you put him in there. Maybe I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, because like, if I had a you know dream match for AEW for me, like number one might be Pac versus Phoenix. So. Um, you know, I, you know, anything like I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to unmarry anything that can get me that match. So I'm not, I'm not like, so if they end up death triangles, a thing, cool. Um, but if it ain't, you can run Phoenix and Pac for me real quick. I'll be really, really, really happy. So whatever y'all <laughs> yeah. want to do. Yeah. But that was, uh, the Jacksonville show. Oh boy. This Orlando show. Start the show. I know, I know, I know nothing about it, so uh, I haven't heard any reviews. Oh my god! So inform me. <laughs> so the Jacksonville show starts with a tribute for, um, uh, sorry, 
uh, for Veterans Day. Was Veterans Day Memorial? No, Veterans Day. So, um, Johnny comes in. He's like, you know, playing off. The, oh I yeah, hate, yeah. There's one thing I know. Yeah. So Johnny playing off the I hate the will. I love the will thing. You won the match. Got the um, North America title. So he loves the will. So he has his own makeshift will. Um, on it has names like Roderick Strong, um, Loomis, Priest, uh, Champa. Uh, I, I saw a still of the picture of Champa, and I was like, "What the fuck is Champa doing on this list? Don't you don't you dare let that shit roll, Champa!" Yeah, um, And then and then written in makeshift writing, it says Leon Ruff. So he spins the wheel in the next per- in person. He um he talks about how. You know, I, I, you know, I've had bad luck. I've been cursed. Talked about how first defense for North American title, he lost it to Velveteen. First defense for the uh, NXT title, he lost it to Adam Cole. He should have reversed the curse. So any lucky person that um that this uh, this will stops on gets this North American title shot, so I can reverse the curse. He spins it. That thing spins, 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 stops, goes back up, and it goes teeters, totters. Obviously, like, it's a magnet and metal situation. Um, clearly, it stops on Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff comes down. He has generic music. Like, well, more generic than the average NXT <laughs> person's music. Um, he's just happy to be there. He um he gets in the ring with Johnny. Johnny, you see the Johnny Gargano, the Jonathan Gargano big man offense at times. <laughs> he does a gorilla press slam. He throws him around a little bit. Uh throws him into the uh barricade. And then all of a sudden he sees um Damian Priest. So Damian Priest at one point is behind the plexiglass and Johnny's antagonizing him outside on um outside in the ringside area. So then he turns his back towards Ruff, who's um I think back in the ring. And, he t- and by that time, Priest goes to a un um, like the open area where the camera what, facing the hard cam because he's right next to that. And he turns around, he doesn't he doesn't, and he sees that Priest moves. So Priest actually get him, so he like kind of is, sh- is shook. So he goes back into the ring, he beats up uh, Rough some more, and then he keeps John over at uh, Damian Priest until. Something Priest ends up uh, distracting him, or not on purpose, whatever. It was just Johnny's a dumbass, and Leon Ruff rolls Johnny up with a schoolboy, and he pins Johnny, and he pins Johnny Gargano to become the let's see, uh, Adam Cole, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, Damian Priest, we already Gargano's two time. So to become the eighth North or NXT North American champion, Leon Ruff, a guy that's Johnny only Gargano been uh, only person that's only been like uh, only wrestled one time or twice since he's uh, been signed to WWE, and both times he got completely fucking destroyed. He's North American ch- champion. Johnny Gargano is a goddamn loser. Yep. Um. And more, and the worst part about it isn't the the what isn't they this did. Like being played like a joke, too. It's being played like a joke. Well, let me phrase this. <clears throat> the, but the joke isn't Leon Ruff. It's really Johnny. But the problem is, this belt has been fucked with ever since Keith Lee 
threw it away because he already he got a better belt. So since basically June, um, this belt has been a mess. You gave it to Damian Priest. You took it off Priest for um, Halloween Havoc, and it seems like ultimately you changed it to Johnny Gargano so you could put it on um, Leon Ruff so that like next week. Finn Balor can come and tell us, like, I have to give this fucking North, uh, the real belt up, so we're gonna have some type of tournament or some type of series of matches or whatever else. And Damian Priest and Johnny Grano are free from the North American title picture, so they'll throw them right into the, um, NXT title picture. So, <clears throat> I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do with, um, that or whatever else or what the outcome is involving or what considerations that was for, you know, Balor and his health or whatever else with his jaw, but sorry, but this was this just killed the belt. They just destroyed the belt. They destroyed it. Um, what? What did we tell you? Like they destroyed the fucking belt. So like John Gargano, like like works with Sasha Banks now. The Sasha Banks actually defended the belt. Um, yeah, but she never dropped to, like, people that are jokes. Or jobbers. Like, she lost to Alexa Bliss, who, you know, say what you want to about, um, her ability in the ring, but it, but she is somebody that is popular to viewers. Um, lost to other horsewomen, like Charlotte, a lot <laughs> to Charlotte. Um, but she never lost to I don't even know who to say um Azelina Vega a, a riot squatter I guess this was yeah, and I'll say this Leon Ruff very talented guy he can is, wrestle absolutely. all the absolutely. can like do much more than he's shown yeah. um so far like as far as like getting squashed like he's he one can, of the best jobbers in the world yeah, he's a he's a guy that can do it, the super indie style. That's yep. you know everything. Like he can do that. If they let him do that, that's cool. Um, I hope that's however, the case. I hope they don't turn this into a joke. But it looks like a joke right now. Right, it, it um, smelled like a joke. It looked like a joke. It feels like a joke. Um, do right. you even know what Leon Russ' voice sounds like? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I just was checking. No. I mean, I know what his screams sound like, but I know what his voice sounds like. <laughs> you know, when they are getting fucking crushed by the you know, Austin Theory or somebody. Yeah, I, I know what that sounds like, but nah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's an he's North American a, belt. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Yep. Um. So then, from there, we end up getting um a a. Earlier in the day, um, footage of Atlas on the uh, driving around, riding around, and getting it, um, continuing his stalking of Legado del Fantasma from last week. Where last week he ran up on them and he ended up pulling out a lead pipe and ended up uh, allegedly cracking or injuring or bruising Mendoza's ribs with the with the tail with the um, lead pipe. So this week they asked him, what are you doing in the parking lot? And he's like, look, bro, you know what, you already know what time it is. 
Midnight Riders. <laughs> Chase is, I'm, 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 I'm out here trying to single out. I'm trying to take out um, Wild and Mendoza for my match. So he Bro, runs up. He runs up again. He takes out Wild. So Wild and Mendoza both have busted up ribs from this lead pipe. So um, they, so they, so because he has a title, a North American title, not North American, a um, NXT cruiserweight title match coming up right now against um, Phantasma or Santos. So they come. So he gets. His Bro, they need to new- do. They need to do a mockumentary on the NXT parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> talking about dudes talking about how dangerous it is and it's lit. stuff like that. It is, yeah, it's <sighs> danger. Um, so Atlas comes down to the ring. He has new interest music. Um, so it's not generic sounding nonsense anymore. Generic sounding, I don't know, dub stuff anymore. So that's cool. Down comes. Um, Santos and guess who's with him, Rich? That's right. The guys that he was beating up with those pipes that so they were still down on the ringside any goddamn way. So they have their match. Lots of chopping, lots of strikes. Um, good, good match. <sighs> they come back from commercial break. And during the commercial break, they, or they showed us during the commercial break that um, Atlas hit, came off the ropes and they both tripped his feet. So the ref tossed both of them out, right? So by the end of the match, Atlas gets a one or two near falls. He goes to the top rope to go for his for his DDT. Santos catches him, and then he hits his. Uh, Angel Wings neat face breaker thing off his knee and gets the pin and I was like so you <laughs> had this guy beat up the the heaters that for Santos's heaters to keep him keep them from interfering the match they still showed up and still interfered in the match luckily the ref caught them this time and they threw them out. So he has him to himself one on one, and he still fucking couldn't get the job done. Um. All right. <laughs> all right. This is how baby kids die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Hopefully he comes back. I, yeah, I guess. So um, did, he, did he lose absolutely clean, or was it was it like? Oh, he lost clean sheet. Oh, in that case. I mean, at least they get everyone out. <laughs> at least yeah. he was dumb. Like, <laughs> at least he was dumb. And, and, you know, not, just not just dumb. you know, not not just you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, I think yeah. So backstage, um, Ruff comes back to the back, and everybody's so happy for him. And Priest says, "Hey man, um, if I were you, I'd get out of here because Johnny's gonna come out, gonna gonna be gonna be thirty eight hot. He's gonna come whoop your ass. So, look, here's my keys. Is the Black Challenger? Go ahead and get out of here. So, Ruff with the belt and nothing and nothing else 
about the belt in a set of keys, no ID, no cell phone, no gym bag, no other set of clothes, just leaves out the building. Out comes uh, Johnny. Um, There are a bunch of refs. There is uh, Regal. He loses his mind. He he blows his stack. He says it wasn't a real match. It was fake. It was a joke. Don't this cannot this this cannot stand. It's a joke. Regal says go away until you cool off, and 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 that was that. He also got into it with um priest at the priest's antagonist about how he's a loser. So um there's also that. So we go backstage. Johnny coming there with that short man anger. Yeah, yeah. There was some of that. There was definitely some of that play. So, um, we go somewhere else backstage, and Dexter Loomis drawing up a picture of him, or, well, not him, but of um, Grimes running away from the zombie ref from two weeks ago during that Halloween match. So... Then we end up getting a video package of, from Candice, from, uh, it's not Candice, I'm saying Candice because of Candice and Shotzi. Uh, it's, it's a replay of, uh, Shotzi, of Candice destroying Shotzi's tank. And, um, then it's, then you see, uh, it's basically inter, interweaved, uh, both of them talking about what happened with the tank. Candice is gonna, is still getting her jollies off of destroying the tank, telling me how to destroy her mentally. And Shotzi talks about how um, I got this tank in deference to my relatives that are overseas in the military. Show pictures of some of her family members and um, with her, with her family, some of her family members in um, military gear or whatever else. And talked about how, like you know, I'm I don't just want I don't just want to get even. I want to kick your ass. So then we end up getting. Um, Raquel Gonzalez coming out to the ring because um, a couple weeks ago or last week, Zaya Lee asked for a match because she's getting influenced or blackballed by uh, some some somebody we don't know yet. So Raquel comes down to the ring, and um, like I said. Uh, a couple weeks ago with with Zaya, she was getting bad news from Boa. Boa, the um, you've seen Boa in NXT in, on on uh, yeah. the Largo Loop. Boa was in um, the 2019 breakout tournament with like Garza and ACH and Swerve and um, Loomis, like right after Takeover 25 or going into Takeover 25, I think. So anyway. Um, but he hasn't really been used except for this role. So he comes down to the ring and says, I'm sorry, Zylee's not here to fulfill the match that she wanted from a couple weeks ago or from last week. I'm sorry. All peace and love. No disrespect. None of that. Raquel's not hearing it because she got caught up by, by little old Zaya. So she says, all right, well, you're the messenger. I guess I'll kill you. <laughs> she proceeds to beat Boa's ass. <laughs> <laughs> from pillar to post, uh, she ends it. She ends by lifting him up and hitting him with her, uh, you know, like um, her like one arm uh, power bomb, and and she leaves mad. So as she leaves, the lights go out, or half the lights go out. There's like red light, 
flashing around. All of a sudden, the uh, the Thunderdome in the, the whatever version of Thunderdome they have in the PC, it goes black. All of a sudden, once it goes black, you see a white dragon graphic of a white dragon flying through going from right to left on this thing and I'm like oh my god I don't know what this is but it is just as bad but it's, but it's exactly the thought thing I thought it was oh you're you're doing two things to two Chinese people you're about to do something involving some type of ridiculous stereotypical bullshit so what so like what? are they gonna like bring out like June Tao from Rush Hour next bro and like they they cut to the ramp and there's some eld, older Asian man Chainsaw <sighs> out there I did just buy Mortal Kombat over the weekend Mortal Kombat 11 you're not helping Rich <laughs> <laughs> you know Liu Kang is a zombie now no I did not yeah. know this so is Katana Hey man, can I finish this? <laughs> hey, they doing Mortal Kombat. I'm in. You know, so <laughs> they just going to the our world. No, I don't think they're going to Shadow Lou either. Um, anyway, no Shadow. No, is is it Shadow Lou? Uh, Shadow Realm. No, I'm thinking. I think it's Shadow Lou is like the shit that's M Bison from Street Fighter. I'm mixing up video games. Anyway, um, so but yeah, Shadow Realm is wonderful. Uh, so. Some elderly man in a suit walks down, and he hands Boa. Uh, as these lights are going off, you see Boa like freak, not freaking out, but kind of like, oh no, like he knows what's coming, but we don't know. Old man comes down to Boa, walks up on him, hands him a a letter very similar to um, the letter that Boa handed um, Zaya weeks ago. And all of a sudden, after he hands the letter to Boa and Boa sticks his hand out, the old man puts his hand on the out, like the uh, the 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 outside part of uh, Boa's hand, and he mark gives him some type of like mark with some type of like smut or or black marking or whatever else. And it's supposed to be, I imagine it's supposed to be some Chinese symbol that I obviously don't know because I don't speak the language or know mm-hmm. it. Or, so, and then he walks away and they're like, what does this mean? What is going on? I'm just like, I don't care, bro. What the fuck is this? This looks like BS to me, Triple H. <laughs> so, anyway, um, that happened so they so they cut oh, backstage to um Austin Gray if you don't remember Austin Gray is the first dude from the the live thatch thatch can videos that um Thatcher took advantage of he blew a stack and then um Thatcher whooped his ass at the end of the day and then by the time the second um person Thatcher abusing the, the next week's version of Thatcher Thatcher hand came around Austin came in and cleared him out cleared Thatcher out the ring so they tried to interview uh, the Austin dude and Thatcher r- saw him in the building immediately ran immediately put that man in the jump zone and whooped his ass uh, and, then the, and then they broke it up I'm sorry whooped his ass and as he whooping his ass he threw 
Thatch, Thatcher threw the Austin dude into Loomis's drawing of the zombie ref chasing scary ass Grimes. So after he beat, after he, they crash it through that, whatever else, Loomis shows up like on the spot. He turns around. Thatcher's like, "Whoa, you you know you kind of you kind of got me." And then they lock eyes, and then. It was made into a match. Loomis versus Thatcher. Now, keep in mind, like, we got some Loomis versus Thatcher when we had that one qualifier that had Finn Balor involved where, (sighs) at the end of it, Thatcher... That's when Loomis chose out Right, right, because Thatcher had uh, Balor in in a hill or some type of hill hook or whatever else, and then Loomis swooped in behind him and choked him out. Yes. So... Submission artist, Dexter Loomis. Well, you got the artist part right. Nice touch. You could be a WWE writer. So anyway, um, next match we get Candice LeRae versus Tony Storm, and I'm like, thank fucking God. I'm watching the bullshit I have to watch on this show. Like, I get something good. And they had a good, they had a good match. I don't know how good, but it was a good match. Uh, they basically... Um, trade like wrist locks and headlocks and 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 uh different side headlocks and everything and takeovers and technical wrestling until uh Tony demonstrates that she's clearly the more proficient at, of 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 that stuff. Um, she gets the advantage, gets Candice outside the ring, gets her against the still steps. Um, Tony comes running in to go give her the the, the you know the ass attack, put try to put that thing on her. Um, it. <laughs> And Candace moved out the way, so num you know none but all that end up hitting uh, the the still steps, uh, and that's when the commercial break. They came back, um, and they get to the end and end run. And they just have this, a, a really good finish at the end between trading moves and kicking out kickouts. So all of a sudden, um, I believe the scream. No, no, no. Hold on, let me look through my notes. I'm forgetting how this finish went. I don't think they shot what's called any bill, actually. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I remember what happened. Um, okay, so they end up on the they end up in the top after trading through uh near falls, they end up both on the uh in the corner. Tony's seated like, you know, seated on the uh, top turnbuckle. Candace gets up on the second rope. It looks like she's about to go for, you know, her second rope spinning um, net breaker or, uh, you know, net breaker um, off the off the uh, second rope. Um, Mm -hmm. Tony gets knocks her down and she goes for a a splash of some type. uh, Candace gets out the way. And Candace ends up getting on top of her and using the ropes as leverage for the one, the two, and the fucking three. They it took them three matches for them to pin Tony Storm. For Candace LeRae, who has had two title shots in the last three months, four months. Hey, mind you, she won the last match off of like shots he's staring at a video board. <laughs> For like three uh-huh. minutes, we're not done. We're gonna. I, we're, we're we're not done. So 
the person in the screen mask who we all thought was Indy Hartwell all along, even though it they had to put the screen mask onto the ghost face screen mask onto Indy Hartwell because that wasn't really Indy Hartwell because Indy Hartwell was COVID in COVID jail for the past couple weeks. So comes down, um, helps Candace beat up Tony. Actually, no, Tony was furious because she realized uh, she uh, Candace used the, the leverage the ropes for leverage. Got in her face. They start fighting again. Then comes Ghostface with the screen mask on as Indy Hartwell. Um, they beat up Tony. Out comes Shotzi. Um, they beat up both of them individually. And then Indy rips off the Ghostface mask. And it's Indy Hartwell. They I saw that and I was like, I saw a gift that on Twitter. And I was like, this was like some of the lamest shit. Like, I'm like yo, Halloween's over. Like, I don't. I don't know. Well, the real thing is they wanted they wanted Indy Hartwell with Candice. Indy ended up in COVID jail. They had these matches that they had to shoot Bell in. He just beat nobody. So they use the ghost, the ghost face man. Say you know it was Indy, but you can also give them plausible deniability to say that it could be Johnny helping Candice, and it could be Candice helping helping Johnny while they both have a mask on. But it's like you already shot this shit. We know it's Candice, or not? We know it's Indy that's helping them. So. You know, whatever. Um, so you already know it's gonna be they're gonna have some tag match in the next couple weeks between um Tony and Shotzi versus Indy and Candace. Um, but I just I was like, Wow, they, they beat Tony Storm th- in the third fucking match. It's someone that they beat all the time. Or someone they have no problems beating, that's the better way to put it. So, um they end up getting a promo from Breezango. They said that like we worked five years in this company and we finally got a finally got belts and they were taken away from us with some over some bullshit and there's no more fun and games we're not playing no more. Um and we're we're coming we're getting our titles back. Come back from commercial break, Thatcher versus Loomis. This was boring as fuck. And this was the least this was the least Loomis stuff I've ever seen in a Loomis match, and it still sucked. Um, he's not doing the eye bulge stuff or whatever else, but he's still slow. And you know, Thatcher if he's in there with someone that's not gonna you know give that oomph back. It could be boring. So and it was. Um, so well, why don't they just call Desert Loomis and then just put him with the fiend so he can like leave this show? Please do get the fuck off. Uh, get the fuck out my indie. I'm, t- I'm tired of this shit. So, um, yeah, he um, so he runs. He get he does a comeback. He's running wild. He seemingly is about to win the match. Then out comes, um, Grimes. Grimes runs a distraction. It allows Loomis. Not Loomis. It allows Thatcher to um, get the uh, the tap out. Not tap out. He end up. He, no, he ends up slapping on a an arm submission. I think it was like a uh, almost like an Agarano escape type of thing. Then he used it to flip him over onto his shoulders and stack him high, and he and get into one, two, three. Um, and then he got the fuck out of there. So then from there. Um, Grimes has his burlap sack and he puts it over Loomis's face because he's not scared of Loomis except he's scared of his eyes. His eyes are what scares Loomis. So he explains this in a promo later in the show. So he puts the, ba- the sap o- sack over his face and he beats the shit out of him. The That's the end of that segment. <laughs> so um, 
we go backstage. Okay, so we go to commercial break. We come back. Um, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. So we go to Gargano backstage. He knocks on Regal's office, and he says, you know what? You told me to calm down earlier. You're right. I'm calm. I'm cool, and I'm collected. Um, he tells Regal that he wants him to reverse the, the results. Like, you gotta, you know, like, that clearly was a rigged um, so, wheel that so, I made. So, so Johnny want to stop the count? So, yeah, he, uh, no. trying to be- <laughs> thinking of new lows. <laughs> so, he, uh, he says, look, this clearly was a rigged uh, wheel that I rigged. made. Well, it, if you... Well, it's obviously the eye. Like you watch him, you watch the thing spin, and bro, I'm telling you, watch my. You see my hand on the video. It goes like this, and it, it goes, and it goes, and it stops. Wow. Right, like it's clearly rigged. It clearly was like made for him to get an easy, not face anybody worth a damn, and, and face Leon Ruff, and he lost Leon Ruff. So he's like, I rigged the damn thing or whatever else. Like he's like, I rigged it. Like clearly, it's a joke. So Regal's like. He, as he says this calmly, he's like, real smile, like, kind of like, you know, smiles, and, and he's like, all decisions are final. And then Johnny blows his stack and does more cussing and, or not cussing, more yelling and screaming and uh, how he's been, you know, screwed and messed up, blah, blah, blah. And he keeps going off and then, like, he turns his back for a split second and Regal's closes the door in his face and he starts trying to knock on the door and they go away. So then we get a Chompa promo. Uh, and he says that he's been in this business for 16 years and, um, when he trained with Kowalski and trained with, uh, Harley Race, he said that those guys were tough and they didn't have to advertise it and you just knew. And he says, wait for it, Rich. Wait till I'm finished. This generation in this locker room, they'll tell you that they're tough. Everybody tells you how tough they are. Um, let's see what the rest of it was. Old man, get off my lawn promos in NXT. Yeah. What? Rich. Get this the fuck off my screen. (laughs) Rich, this is for their dim, this is for their fan base. Get this the fuck out of here. Yeah, so he's like, uh, this is like when Cody does this shit, like where, yeah. he, where he he just goes a bit too far. It's not even a bit too far. Like he's clearly pandering towards the, towards the olds. Like, like he, look, this promo is supposed to be for Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those. So he's like, yeah, you know, uh, it's not a you know, like he basically talks about dogs and their bark and their bite and whatever else but like what well, last of a dying like, breed I, yeah he did say he's last of a dying this breed. culture the 2020 locker room culture yes yes that's what made me realize when he said the locker room culture and i'm just like bro nobody gives a, i'm like i don't i don't know what i don't know why this has been a thing ever since um them coming back from saudi arabia after the 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 the, the maybe maybe not hostage thing but nobody that watches their show gives even half of a flying, running, or swimming fuck about their locker room leadership culture or, or dynamic or any of that. They want to see people don't like that don't like each other that want other things that the other person has and want to beat each other's asses over it. It's not this fucking difficult. No one cares, bro. 
Rock. What? So, you... Right, you couldn't pay me to find this interesting. Chopper needs to retire. Fuck out of here, man. Like, so, I, like, like, leave, bro. Like, I just want to wrestle. This, like, this, this part, this part sucks. I just want to wrestle because he's still great at wrestling. But this thing that he's been doing the last, I think either last two weeks or last or two of the last. This weeks, is the baby face. Like, <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, he's baby face to the, to the old. Anyway, um. They end up doing one of these, uh, like their, you know, their twenty four uh, seven version of like the stuff they've done over the years with, you know, whether it was Champa and, or, or not, whether it was Chopping or Gano, whether it was Rhea and Charlotte, or whether it was um, Balor and um, O'Reilly, or whether it was uh, Gargano and Cole, or whatever else. Uh, they did it with EO and uh, Rhea, um, and then they tell us that the match is next week. I could not what? believe that the match is next week. Like what is up with these Wednesday what, shows? What would they like, even talk? Look, what would they even talk about? Like, what, what's happened between them? Like, yeah, we had this match, but then like Charlotte was there too. Like, <laughs> like, did they mention Charlotte at all in this yeah, thing? Charlotte was all over. It was about it was about Rhea. It was, it was mostly about Rhea and Rhea's like rust. Like she ran into WrestleMania. The pandemic fucked. Like she was expecting to rush from the crowd in the pandemic. Then getting, or I'm sorry, in uh, at WrestleMania from Roman James Stadium, they played the video footage of when she actually went, was actually walking around inside on the on on the grass at Roman James Stadium. Said like we, we didn't get none of that. Um, I just got this cold crowd. They showed the video. Uh, they showed the highlights of the WrestleMania match, that good ass match they had, and she taps out. Uh, they showed the video footage of her like uh, crying after she lost the belt when she said like she was better than I thought, and then. They show the triple threat match, and they showed uh, the moonsault, and then they showed Eo winning, and um, they talked about like Eo's been unstoppable ever since she won the belt. But, but uh, Rhea's also she beat Mercedes in the cage match. She beat uh, Reyna, and she beat Dakota. Um, they didn't mention none of that Robert Stone brand shit. They had her doing for fucking months. They just, they just mentioned they just mentioned the Mercedes uh, Cage match. They mentioned the Dakota Kai match, and they mentioned uh, the Raquel match. How she you know she beat three quality people to get back to this point. Um, and they also showed like you know um, the ladder match with Eo and Candice, the Shotzi Blackheart match, the Dakota match, and just like oh Dakota eating nails by all the actual real people that win in this division. But interesting. So um, and then he talked about how like um, the difference between them is like uh, they showed uh, like Eo meditating and talked about how um, I think it was like I don't I don't I stay. I say even kill more or less or whatever else, and she runs off and handle and she gets emotional, like she fucking cried if she lost the belt or whatever else. And that's the reason that our difference in mindsets is what sets sets us apart, whatever else. And like we're gonna collide. Um, it was good, uh, but it's I still can't believe they're doing this match on free. I mean, same thing with the eel or not the eel, but the the uh, Moxley and, and Omega thing. Well, NXT should do everything on TV because like we pulling people to the network. No. <laughs> they should just put everything big on TV. To, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have takeovers and build them as uh, these things that people need to watch, then like you're going to have, what the fuck is your biggest match? Your biggest match right now is EO versus is versus Rhea. Until like you know whatever happens with Undisputed and what's it called and uh, Magafigoon, 
But those are your two biggest matches that you have right now that you're disposing. You're just blowing it off. I don't say just blowing it off on TV, but like you're giving it away on TV, quote unquote, giving it away on TV. Um, so I was just surprised that both of these things happened. Like, all right, but it's happening on um happening next week. So I'm assuming that's the main event. I don't know what the fuck else it could be. So um, out comes McAfee Goon. Cuts the promo talking about how shits on um, wrestling fans, um, the wrestling internet community, or whatever else. He uh, he says that he was on a private plane. He he flew here. He's been here um, since the uh, the tropical depression came through Florida um, last week. He said that uh, that bitch almost lent. He said that shit was uh, coming down sideways. He had to turn that bitch upright or something like that. Um, and then he said like a few other things, you know, uh, what did he say? Oh, he called, I think he called Larkin and Burst the greatest tag team of all time. He talked about, check out my man Pete Dunn's work. They showed the video of him, uh, you know, slamming or slamming the door in Dane's face and then kicking the door into Dane's face and the, uh, the blood. Um, and he says, look, look at this, you know, look at this freaking psychopath, uh, Pete Dunn. Uh, have you seen Pete Dunn's physique change? Yes. Okay, so he's. All, have you seen how orange he is now? Uh, I don't really be noticing that. <laughs> that boy, that boy is orange. So anyway, um, he's on the Randy Orton program, the Dolph Ziggler program. So anyway, he says like, "Hey, nice of him. I mean, that man's from from the fucking UK, life." <laughs> so anyway, um, he. McAfee points out how he, you know, he put uh, the chair, he beat the hell out of um, O'Reilly with the chair and says that, like, he murdered that dude. And then, uh, no, he said, he said, put the chair against his back, dead. Uh, slams or kicks the door into um, Dane's face, dead. He's out here killing dudes. I love it. More or less something like that. It was funny, but then, he, then you know, they basically uh, give way to the, the title match. To, to act title match, it's um Breeze Angle versus um <laughs> versus uh Lorcan and Birch. Eh, match is there. Um, they start blowing on the outside. It's basically tall guys in Fandango in in Lorcan versus the not tall guys, which is, uh, they're paired off, and that's um Breeze Angle and, and Birch. Basically, the match is going along and then all of a sudden they end up outside and McAfee's on commentary your boy um, Dunn is standing next to him just standing there and one of them gets, guard. one of them one of the baby faces throws one of the heels into Mac basically like in between Dunn and McAfee without actually hitting either one of them but like McAfee sold as if he got hit it was it was a it was mm-hmm. a botch. So they come back from commercial break, um, and by that point in time, Dunn is now like up on the ring. So long story short, he starts running interference um and saved uh Dunn and Birch. I'm sorry, uh Lorcan and Birch. Um they end up hitting him with their, you know, their not magic killer, but you know, it's a DDT off the magic killer setup. Um they end up getting the win and then they just talk shit and they go to black. So, Fun times. on a three, I'm sorry, I was at three. On a two hour show that was like five matches, we got one good match. Yeah. This was a. Are you allowed to give 10 seven rounds? 
<laughs> that would be like a knockdown and like bad blood, right? <laughs> I, I know you can give 10 eights. I don't know if you can give 10 sevens, but this was. One was a very good show, one was a bad show. It is what it is. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but we're we're up at the three hour marks. So I think this time we wrap it up. Like we probably have to come back on Thursday or Friday and do a preview show for Survivor Series. I don't know who we're going to get for that. I don't even know what's on it. Jesus, I you know I, I don't know who we got to get for that, but we got to get somebody for that because, like I said, like I don't even know what the fuck Kevin Owens is doing. <laughs> yeah, bro, is he alive? Is he even on the SmackDown team? I don't I don't is, know who's on. He's the- on SmackDown. I don't even know. Yeah, he's on SmackDown. I don't know who's on the team, though. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there so, is a pay per view Sunday. So, I mean, we may be back later this week. So, yeah, um, um, yeah. Uh, Stardom had a Cork and Hall show on Saturday, and they had a um, a big show in Sendai. In, um, in, in Sendai. Um, those shows are not up yet, but the week before they had to finish of their tag league. It, you know, I guess it's a tradition where like the last night is just a good night of wrestling. They had three quality matches. Um, and at the end, Momo and Azumi win the tournament. Um, and on Saturday in the facing, um, their stable mates, the tag champions, Utami and, um, big Saya. So, um, they put that match up immediately. So I imagine it's very good. So, um, can't wait. I haven't watched it yet, but can't wait to see it. But yeah. Um, I guess Thursday we'll give you the full stardom update. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, but that's in the show. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and get some social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, also, be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Um, we have this show's on seemingly... <laughs> well, Sunday seemingly is like every Monday now. Um, Tuesday, Even the strong style is also moving to Wednesdays in the future. Um, I wonder if that's to avoid us fucking up their 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 funk's way. I wonder. I'll, I will have to ask. Um, but yeah, um, when, yeah. Uh, Wednesdays we have the Ricky and Clive wrestling podcast. Um, every other Wednesday we have Gorman watches shit. On Thursdays we have. Um, the Grave Consequences podcast. On Fridays, we have 8 Bit Suplex, and on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Kenny Omega Hall of Fame, a hoe. <laughs> Later.